Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. of the Terrible Book Club, this time with a special guest. Uh, yeah, we have a special guest on the show today. It's the first time thing on Terrible Book Club ever. It's the first guest we've ever had, uh, my good friend TJ Hello. from all the way in Texas. Yes. Welcome to accent. the show, TJ. Yeah, it's <laughs> so thick, clearly. We can hear the cowboy hat from here. Yeah, uh, not, the, not to uh, kill the mood, but technically he's the second special guest we've had. Because oh, we yeah. did do an episode with Greg Massey of The Color of Air. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We did Who Moved My Cheese. I'm <laughs> sorry, Greg. That's rude as fuck for me. <laughs> no, no. But honestly, like, TJ's probably the first, I don't know, I guess real guest. Because Greg had his own podcast and we were doing a trade-off. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited, guys. Like, uh, uh, And I'm also very, very sorry. <laughs> No. Yeah, uh, you were the one that recommended we do Wizard's First Rule all the way back when. And you were further recommending this second book when we when we were like looking for stuff to do. So we decided, well, the stuff should finally line up that you can actually be on the podcast. And it's good because you have read a good chunk of this series from what I understand. I've read pretty much the whole series. Um, there's like a last few books where I just couldn't handle like all like the weird political stuff and like the rants against communism that eventually oh, pepper what? every book <laughs> excuse yeah, me we'll, we'll get into it i'll oh, explain no. stuff that happens later just to tell you how ridiculous it gets later uh yeah i'm mostly interested in asking you like what stuff in this book becomes relevant later because there's a whole lot of things in this book i would say like the first two-thirds of it kind of don't matter as far as the plot of the book is concerned yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i, I agree. forgot about that like th that's why I, i'm sincerely sorry that i had you guys read this book because wizard's first rule for all its flaws is at least like a brisk read you know it's like entertaining and things are always happening <laughs> at least yeah yeah like a lot of this book just felt like Chris said, just so unnecessary. It was like, hey, how many like spin-off sitcoms can we put in this book before the actual plot happens? And it was it, just dumb. All I remembered, like when I recommended it, was like, oh yeah, uh, the main character Richard um, goes to a wizarding school and it's full of horny witches. So yeah, I just, yep, <laughs> I was like, that, that's pretty much what like was promised to me at the <laughs> when you like recommended this book. So I was like, kind of going as well, like, all right, cool, we get to see Richard do some. Like, you know, horny messing around with people, but that doesn't even <laughs> oh. barely happen to, like, the end of the book, if at all. You didn't realize that uh, Richard is, like, a traditional, like, Catholic boy, basically, and he's not going <laughs> to no, fuck no, any I, 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 I knew that, but at the same time, it seems to me like Terry Goodkind wrote this book with a half-chub at all oh, times. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was... 
He was like, either already turned on or trying to turn himself on at all times in this book. Yeah, every, everything's real sexy in this book. Like, every situation has to be a little bit sexy, I feel but like. ultimately, yeah. like, less, like, sexy and erotic than, like, the first book by far. Like, at least there's some, like, sexual tension in the first book. And in this one, it's just, like, it starts, like, basically... Like, imagine if there were, like, an entire episode of Friends that was just Ross and Rachel's pillow talk right after they first get together. That's what the first, like, hundred pages of this fucking book Yeah, yeah. I was saying saying that. I was, like, I remember I was texting Chris, and I was, like, oh, God, I can't wait to get away from the mud people. And then it moved to the next part, and I was, like, oh, God, bring back the mud people. Bring back the mud people. um, Mud people. Let's just let that sit in the air for just a second. Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's a especially <laughs> since in later in the book they talk about other tribes around them and they have names. <laughs> they don't have names like like the Jacopo and like there's another one and Fantastic. stuff. But there's but they're still the mud people because <laughs> because they put mud in their hair. So the mud I people, ga- I guess. But sure. But like it, it sounds to me like Richard rolled up on them and he started calling them that and like they just kind of rolled with it because yeah. they didn't want to offend him uh, being the seeker and all. Yeah, I don't. But when they speak their language, it's in italics. So what you are meant to understand from that is there is a mud people word for the term mud people. Why aren't they just called that? It makes yeah, no and sense. Yeah, yeah, that's also, what I feel like, like, too. Terry Goodkind was lazy and not and didn't care to create like an in-depth world, so you don't really get any foreign language words. It's always just in italics, but in English. Like, you don't ever learn cool words from all the different cultures in the books it's just like eh, use your imagination you're like oh, damn it i just kind of yeah. wish he would have done something except for the high dahar and dahar and kind of there's some yeah. dahar in words uh by the way i read i listened to the audiobook for part of this and fun fact uh the audiobook decides that daharans are russian just that's that's okay what? <laughs> all right yeah, he, i always <laughs> what Russian. Yeah, they all have Russian accents, like the General Trimac at the beginning, and yeah. every, like, Mord Sith, they all have Russian accents. That's so weird. Okay, that's an interesting... I wonder if that was, like, a, a Oh, right, well, because choice. we have to crush all communism, right? So... Oh, okay, but yeah, you know what, that might make... Guys. Well, uh, they are now, but... Yeah, they spoilers. are now. Yeah. <laughs> um, by so, the way, uh, we, we read Stone of Tears by Terry Yeah, Goodnight. by the way, by the way... <laughs> it was a sequel... To Wizard's First Rule, a book that we read long ago, so this is our first sequel. Uh, sorry, we blathered on before actually getting to the title. We're just very yeah, we excited. Have a, we have a tendency to go off topic uh, like horribly on this podcast anyway. But uh, yep. So maybe, yeah, we read Stone of Tears by Terry Goodkind. Um, there's, there's, in fact, a Stone of Tears in this oh book. Oh my god, can we talk about why it's even fucking called that? Like, it's just like, I don't know, it's just the name of a fun artifact, I guess. Like. It was an important magical item in the book. It was a MacGuffin. You know, why Stone of Tears? It it doesn't cause anyone to cry. If if it's not called Stone of Tears, then how would a wizard know to cry on it? I don't... Oh, right, that's true. Okay, 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 TJ makes a good point. I missed that. Yeah. (laughs) That's the whole point of it. It's a a rock you cry on. That's right. Because of... Because a wizard cried on it, it becomes magic, or I don't know if like it no, was already it, magic it keeps before. It, it changes its color, and it does something to I forget. TJ probably knows more about it than Based I do. Based on who <laughs> cries on it, I believe, is the idea. The wizard's so, like, tears repel the keeper, Chris. The wizard's tears yeah. repel the keeper of the but underworld. What, 
Sure, but what if just like some dude cries on it? Does that change anything? I, I don't. I, I don't know. I probably it. not. It probably. What if I it. what if I step on it and I cry on it because it hurt me? Does it like do, change it? All right, I don't no, know. It just no. calls you a bitch. Okay, so I yeah. <laughs> so I obviously forgot that part. Thank you for correcting me. But I I that was like a really small part, and I was like, why is this called this again? I don't know. And I, I you think... were asking me while I was reading it, why is it called Stone of Tears? And I was like, well, there's a Stone of Tears in it. And... <laughs> <laughs> so... But it's such a, I don't know. It. I know it, well, this is another thing that drove me nuts about the book is like, okay, we just finished a book where Richard and Colin go through a separation, reunite, fly on a dragon and battle dark and raw in the Garden of Life. And we're going to do all of that all over again. And this book's going to end the same way. Like, DJ, run what? that back. DJ, run yes. that back. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Dark and Raw pops up again, even though he yep. was like sealed away. He pops up. Uh, let's maybe like start at the beginning of the book again with the uh, pillow talk time between yes. Richard and Colin. Because that's basically literally the first 100 or 200 pages of the book is they want to get married as soon as possible because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do after you fuck once or something. No, they, did, they haven't even yet. had sex. Yeah, they haven't oh, that, even had oh, sex. Okay, all right. So the only person even, he's fucked is the, the rape lady from the first yeah. book. Yeah, that's from from Denna. Yeah. And, uh, and, like, there's a couple of scenes in the beginning where Richard starts getting these, like, really awful migraines that, like, he's always has a headache. One of the healers from the, uh, the mud people gives him, like, some leaves to chew on to, like, help him with his headaches. But it, nothing's really helping him except for this one time when he's shooting arrows with some of the mud people. And he, like, when he focuses on shooting the arrow, he feels like magic power and like there's a notch in the air wherever his target is and that helps him get rid of the headaches but that's the only thing so far Ooh. yeah the whole beginning so the book uh stone of tears continues right after wizard's first rule like there's no break it's just like oh here we are back in this place you know we just defeated dark and raw uh of course zed is immediately trying to fuck somebody like right <laughs> at the beginning of the book he can't Someone help his like... old ass self <laughs> Like, yeah, someone who's like injured, I believe. You think she like yeah. hurt or something? No, no, no. She's one of the healers. So right at the beginning of the book, they're like, "Oh, sweet, we did this thing. We, you know, banished Dark and Raw." But then they didn't realize that, you know, because the boxes of Orden. If you if you haven't listened to episode three of Terrible Book Club, go back and listen to that before you listen to this episode because none of this shit's gonna make any sense. <laughs> um, so anyway, they forgot. Oh no, we left these three boxes of Orden open, and they're all kind of connected to evil magic. So this evil thing comes out, a Screeling, and it massacres a bunch of people. And, um, you know, a bunch of people get seriously injured and killed, and Zed is trying to help the wounded, and there's a, a healer lady. And they have this weird, like, oh, I guess I'll see you in the tower later, wink, wink, for some stenodyne tea, wink, <laughs> wink, for endurance, wink, wink. <laughs> this is when I realized this was going to be, like, terrible, because <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, Zed, like, is always getting laid somehow. And I'm like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. He gets, action, he gets some action kind of multiple times in this book, you yep. could probably argue. It's not like it, there's not a lot of actual fucking in this book, except for one particular scene, which we'll get to. There's not much actual doing it. It's, it's always like a fade to black or a nudge, nudge, wink, wink yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, and at least, like, you know, at least the older people are getting, getting some yeah, sex. You know, you know, I feel like that's good. Equal opportunity. <laughs> Um, sure, all right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is kind of ridiculous that, you know, this horrible thing happens and he's like, oh, where can I put my dick next? You know, <laughs> it's like, come on, dude. 
it you know it, that's the 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 curse of the wizard dick is you're just, yeah. you always have to find somewhere to put it i mean that's what happens to richard right throughout the whole book women are just magnetized to him like he can't walk 10 feet without some lady just getting sucked to his side and being like i'm your wife now well that's uh. like with the mud people and his arrows right like that's like the beginning of them just continually giving him superpowers And one of his superpowers is, like, all ladies want his dick. And this is the book where that superpower is introduced. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Also, uh, you know, getting back to the whole Zed scene, he just... Yeah, like, after that thing, it just kind of cuts back to Richard and Kalan. I guess because Richard decided to go back to the mud people thing to marry Kalan, even though there's some shit still going on back in the garden of life or whatever he's like nah this is more important i gotta hang out with the mud folk no they had the kid dude the they kid had to oh, drop yeah. the kid off so they rode the oh, dragon that's yeah. back that's to right. drop okay. the mud I'm kid sorry. off I... that brawl stole because he was gonna mud kid <laughs> mud, mud kid. i don't mud remember his name kid uh <laughs> mud kid the mud but, kid uh, whose dick he was going to eat eventually yeah yeah, yeah true, they saved yeah. they saved the mud child's penis so they had to go and return him to his family this once is real again, uh, we, yeah once again uh, listen to episode three of the terrible book club if you want that explained that was yeah. not a joke that was real yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's a real that's thing a in this thing. book uh yeah and so like we said the first 100 or 200 pages of this book is richard and colin fawning over each other talking about how they're going to get married right away and like colin okay has, okay let's also how do they not fuck like in the in that like couple weeks they're together like I or days I don't know time doesn't work in this book I we'll talk about that later. Well, literally but, like, it doesn't. Li- yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But like throughout the whole book, it doesn't make any sense. But it's how only are they a couple not, days, by the way. So, yeah, like how are still. they not immediately fucking though? Even in a couple of days, one hundred percent immediately. Uh, yeah, why not? I don't. Get I, it. I think I have the answer for that. Um, uh, Richard is still dealing with his rape trauma. So, okay, that that makes some sense. Like um, uh, a couple days, like yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Still he was <laughs> he was he was traumatically imprisoned, tortured, and raped and abused by this crazy uh, Mord Sith Denna in the last book. So yeah, I guess that makes sense. But uh... so like as but like this is a good segue into like as they're getting all ready to get married, like a bunch of shit starts kind of going in, wrong in very hallmark the... fashion. Like their wedding stop, you know, is ruined and Colin's wearing the dress and kneeling and yelling to the heavens no you know it's <laughs> yeah, like so, yeah, so let, let's let's come around to this like the, there's a few things that start going wrong namely one Richard's headaches are kind of like right. you know screwing with his ability to do anything at all <laughs> um eventually these sisters of the light show up and there's three of them there's Verna and two others who I forgot their names because they become not important to the story very shortly as <laughs> yeah. we'll see and they're telling Richard, like, oh, these headaches that you have to deal with, we can help you, but we have to put this collar on you again. And Richard is like, absolutely no fucking way am I putting on a collar again. For Like, rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I felt like he was justified that, in that. Yeah, that's kind of a thing. And thirdly, um, Richard finds out that by opening the boxes of Erden or whatever, he might have unsealed the way to the Keeper, who is basically Satan. Or, or some embodiment of, like, the ultimate evil that lives in the old underworld and wants to, you know, er- eradicate all life, basic evil overlord shit yeah and all that stuff and in in doing so denna actually comes back from the dead to contact kalan i think she was trying to contact richard too no they were they were trying to contact they were trying to ask for help from the elders right and then it was like surprise 
Dark oh, yeah, and Rawl shows get... up, and then Dana's like, nah, I got that shit on lockdown, don't worry about it. Uh, also, hey, here's a laundry list of all the things I did to rape your boyfriend. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, do you remember the part where, like, it just it doesn't say, like, what she talked about to Colin, but, like, Colin literally throws up when she <laughs> yeah. That was it. great. I, I love how that's, so... like, one of the only parts that Terry is, like, actually, like, just summarizes what was said instead of just going on for three or four pages. It's, like, the thing that made her throw up is, like, I can't think of anything more fucked up than yeah. what I already yeah. wrote, so. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like what was it? Did he yeah. put, did she put the Aegeal up his pee hole? Well, she yeah. used it on his dick. It's explicit in Wizard's first well, rule. She used a torture yeah. wand on penises. Uh, but like, but what is the thing that made her throw up? I really want to know like what Colin's breaking point was. Is like, yeah. and then I made him lick it after, and then that, that's what I was saying. So I don't yeah. know. But like, yeah. So that ridiculous scene happens, and it just doesn't make sense. Why? Why does she need to list all of these? It was supposedly so Colin could understand Richard's pain. It's like. Think she really As to needed... why he didn't want to call her on when she like she saved him from that situation in the first place, she probably understood. Yeah, you don't have to like detail everything. And then I put a finger in his butt. Yeah, and I twisted it around a little <laughs> bit and made him smell it after. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you don't need that detail. I agree. Uh... It's supposedly like to get to the part after that. Like so, they go to the spirits to try to ask for them to he- for help with like sealing the keeper back away. Surprise, Dark and Roll shows up. He burns him, but then is like, "No, I can use my ghost powers to remove the burn. He'll be fine." And then immediately the next day, they're still like, "Oh, we're going to get married still." And then surprise, uh the Sisters of the Light show up again. Yeah. Yeah, so like that one quick point on that is like how Richard was in danger from Dark and Rawl's mark on him for like four pages. <laughs> There's a lot of that in this book where like someone's in mortal fucking danger and like you think it might be like this, you know, plot point that's going to go for the whole book or for the next book or something and just like three, four pages later they're like, eh, not really, it's fine. We got something to fix that. Yeah, every, every time a, a important character is in danger, they're not. And that's why these books are like, this book was not uh, very compelling because you like the jig was up the first two times it happened. You're like, oh, okay. Well, nothing bad is ever really going to happen to these people long term. They're always going to find a way to get out of it. Um, yeah, and that and that happens, you know, with Zed, Colin, Richard. Yeah, the worst thing that happens to uh, Kaylin is like she gets fingered once. Yeah. Yep. Like yep. a little bit. Like a little bit. Like a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's. But then she finds a way to get out of that situation. There's even, like, this whole overarching prophecy. By the way, this book opens up with this whole discussion of, like, prophecies and, like, how there's a segment of this magic school dedicated to figure out which prophecies are real and which are fake. And the whole time I'm like, isn't that just kind of a generic crapshoot at all times? I know they have, like, a system for trying to figure out, like, what was the real fork and the fake fork, but, like... You're still just, like, grasping at straws the whole time, right? Yeah, especially when you live on an island out of time beyond a magical sand desert and are out of touch with the new world. Yeah, I say you have a pretty bad chance (laughs) of getting any of the prophecies right. I, I know. We, we're going to sprinkle some other things about this book as we... But okay, yeah, so let's so, get back yeah, to... Yeah, Sisters of the Light. So the Sisters of the Light are the ones who live on this island in a special fucking time capsule beyond a magical sand desert, and they are... Like, you don't know this by this point in the book, though. They're just, right, they just show up. Right. They just show up and they're like, hey, we know how to help you. You you have the gift. You're a wizard. The headaches are caused by your gift. And if you don't come with us and put this collar on, you're going to die. 
and you know the headaches are getting so bad and Colin is so worried about him that she's like no you have to put the collar on like do it if you love me and then there's this like ridiculous exaggerated scene where Colin like turns into Denna and she's like put it on my pet man he's like okay Denna and like cries and puts the collar on and you're like that was so unnecessary no one she, no one would do that like, she Harry and the Hendersons him yeah like that's just with like with yeah it's ridiculous yeah. So he puts the collar on and is like, Colin doesn't love me. She sent me away. Like, dude, you're smarter than that. Like, you know, you know, she loves you. You know, she did it to save your life because. Because, yeah, especially since like for the last 100, 200 pages, you've been declaring your love to each other at every single point you possibly can. How saying nothing will ever come between you. And oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing. Everything in this book is written extremely superlatively. Yeah, everything is at all times. Everything is the worst or the best. It's a very, it's like a kind of a Trumpy way to write things. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking more. It's like a like a teenager. Like true, true Trump uh, is honestly, a teenager though. So you're right. yeah, but like very very hormonal book on the whole. You could <laughs> yeah, say. yeah, and so you know this happens, and uh, he goes with Verna because uh, the, first there's three sisters of the light because they have this. They're kind of like I don't know, shitty Catholic nuns, but not. But, I don't know. They they sort they have a very nunly way about them where they're you know they're dedicated to the creator and they want to help humanity supposedly and all this shit and uh but you find out why they're not very nunly later um yeah and then they shoot fire at people so it's kind yeah. of weird like even yeah, they like shoot... nunly verna like she's like, <laughs> yeah. in, like and then it's like oh yeah i can set shit on fire <laughs> yeah so they're they're sorceresses but you don't know that at the beginning of the book and uh they take richard but like it's weird they, there's three of them because they have to each offer him the collar, and if he says no, the sister behind that one must kill the first sister. So, you know, the first sister was like, we offer you the collar, the first reason is to control you, and he says, fuck no, and the other sister kills her, and he's like, what the hell? And they're like, well, this is just how it's gonna be. And then, this, you know, it happens again. The second sister goes, put the collar on. The, the second reason is... I, I don't remember to help you it be was like a to good wizard. To control, yeah, to control your Han. Yeah, to, your... yeah, to control your Han, which is the Force. Uh, ba- yeah, there's yeah, so many like, the weird Force Star Wars named things. Han. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so he's like, no, I can't. And so, you know, Verna has to kill her. And he's like, oh, you, you women are insane. And, da, da, da. and she's like, well, you know, and Colin figures it out. She's like, well, they have to kill the one before them if you refuse, so that all of their powers transfer into the last one, so that the final sister has the best chance of convincing him to put the collar on, because they think it's like a matter of life and death, and helping the creator by training more wizards is good, and blah blah blah. So eventually he puts it on because of the thing I previously described. Because Colin basically just Harry and the Hendersons yeah. him as TJ described. And, uh, you know, then he goes with Sister Verna, and... They go on this long journey to the Palace of the Prophets, which is the place on the island behind the magical sand desert in the old world, which was never mentioned in the first book. Not once. Conveniently. Not once. Yeah, no. no. Um, yeah, <laughs> surprise. The old world exists. And also, yeah, I didn't realize that anyone in the Midlands or Westland or Dahara hadn't seen an ocean. I was like, what? <laughs> I thought that was so strange. I think the whole like landmass they're on is like surrounded by mountains like an MMO world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, or like or like what the flat earthers think the world is uh, yeah. surrounded by an ice wall. <laughs> if I well, remember Richard, the map. Yeah, Richard wasn't a high enough level. He was gated out of those like <laughs> wizard school places. You can't do that quest line yet, all right? So, 
So yeah, so they go they go to the new world to the palace of prophets. Um, well, they go or, through sorry, the of... old world. You're, you're you just yada yada it over. Yeah. Like, well, no, but I, I'm just giving I'm just giving everyone an idea. So we're gonna talk about their journey now. <laughs> their journey is uh, mostly just them having the same argument in like different ways a dozen fucking times. <laughs> like, oh, but TJ, you can't forget the baby car. Oh, that's the only oh, yeah. redeeming part of the entire thing, and even that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, because okay, so at some point in their travels, uh, Richard's off like right at the beginning. by himself. Yeah, like away from Verna because he he can't take her shit anymore. He's like, no, oh, he's going. Whole... He's going to bury a body. Oh yeah, yeah, because they had to fuck some people up, as you know, Richard always has to do as the seeker. He, well, he, by the way, quick side note: like all the times <laughs> that Richard is like, but I am the bringer of death. Doesn't that sound super fucking edgelord to everybody else? Where he like. <laughs> There's like a prophecy that someone names themselves the bringer of death, and it's Richard who just calls himself that like a fucking fourteen year old. Yeah, it's so it's like stupid. A, how old is he? <laughs> like, and yeah, I also I, I also love how he's like oh, I'm the bringer of death, but yet he almost gets killed by the girl that Verna had to kill that who he was going to bury when he meets the baby gar because he's like oh a defenseless woman how could it ever how could she ever hurt me oh and Verna's like you fucking idiot she was gonna kill you. <laughs> Anyway, as he's going off to bury the body, he's beset upon by a, a full-size gar. He murders the shit out of it, and this little baby gar flies up all upset, and then, like, after a minute, like, the gar is fine with Richard again? Yeah, I, gars, I are, gars are horrifying monsters that have weird, like, I don't know, they have, like, jacked pink abs that are, like, covered in flies, and they're but they're furry everywhere else, and they have big green eyes and wings. I don't really know what the rest of them looks like, but they're very scary. And, yeah, the baby gar, there's a baby one, and it doesn't have its own blood flies to hunt with, because that's what they do. Um, and it's just like, oh, and I don't know, it just, like, bonds to Richard randomly? After Richard killed the shit out of its mom and it was all upset about it, he does something to, like, win back the trust. I think he, like, kills something for it. We let yeah, him eat the lady. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, a Richard woman was like, going to stab him with the poison dagger. He's like, well, you could just eat that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like, Oh, I could let him I don't know, that's kind of garish and I'm like, No, that's perfect, like idiot, let him eat it. And uh and then the gar like throughout the entire book, this gar just shows up and they wrestle and they wrestle and wrestle, Chris. Let's talk about they, the wrestling. They just have a playful wrestling session. Every once in a while Richard needs to blow off some steam, so he needs to go <laughs> off into the woods with his furry buddy and have a wrestle to calm down. It's horse play. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? Look, man. It's, sometimes It's really people, weird. Sometimes little furry monsters and their surrogate dads need to bond in the woods by themselves by wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> That's how so life works. It's weird. I it's just bizarre because in the first book, there was, like, there was no bullshit about pets and stuff like that. And in this book, suddenly he befriends a baby Gar, and it's a thing throughout the whole book. It even, the last scene of the book is him and the Gar. Yeah, I forgot like, about yeah. that. I finished Ugh. it today. Uh, I finished this in, like, three, four-hour sessions, which made me go slightly insane. And I forgot a bunch of things, especially about the end, that made me go just, oh, my God. And the fact that it ends on them hugging, literally. Yeah. Just... Yeah, that, the ending shot of this book is uh, Richard and this guy, whose name is Gratch, 
Gratch log rich. It was like the only piece of dialogue. Log Ricard. Yeah, that's, that's all it ever could say because it loved Richard so much after all their playful wrestling sessions. <laughs> and the and the book closes with them having a, a sweet little hug. And because after... they're gonna go meet Colin, because he's never met the Gar has never met Colin, so they're gonna go yeah. meet her. Yeah. Uh... So the, now now Richard and Colin have a horrible freak baby. I guess, <laughs> yeah, know. I guess. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't understand why that was part of the book. I just, there's no, like, Gretch never comes in to save the day or anything. I think, which like, is one what I time, thought was going to happen. I think one time he helps Richard out in a fight, maybe, but I don't even think so. That, like, he's he, just this side thing that Richard does sometimes to blow off some steam is go wrestle with his buddy. Gar can see Mris with, uh, they are natural enemies. And oh, at one that, point, yeah, Gar, uh, Gretch, like, tackles and Mris with, I think. But I think that's yeah, there's it. A, I will say, like, this book does introduce a couple more, like, fantasy creatures out of Terry Goodkind's brain. And there's the Screeling at the start, who is, like, this horrible bone underworld monster that slashes people with claws. You got the Skrin, which shows up to contest with Zed and his, like, witch buddy who lives in the woods, who he also tries to bone. He does you know, bone. Just because, oh, yeah, yeah he, he, and, he and Addy have been boning since book one, Chris. Where are you, you Oh, that, that's true. Like, he, so Zed's just very, like, poly as far as, you know, <laughs> we're concerned. He's just open with everybody, I guess. The yeah. ways of wizards. He, he is, apparently. I don't, because, like, think about it. The woman he loved was, you know, raped and murdered by, well, she was, what, raped by Dark and Rock? No. His daughter was raped daughter was yeah, raped yeah. by dark and raw but his wife was murdered and raped by a quad so like he doesn't you know after that he's like i'll never love again i'm just gonna fuck bitches wherever i yeah. go old and young though that's i mean he's yeah like yeah equal opportunity equal opportunity <laughs> exactly yeah jinx jinx all right so uh yeah where were we uh verna and richard are just off traveling and this whole time colin has this side story where she is traveling with uh, a trio of mud people. One was um, Chandelan. Who, who I, I just wanted to call Chandler the whole time. Yo, yeah, Chandler. don't just do that. I thought everybody just calls him Chandler. Like, I was like, okay. one Chandelan? So no, like, I'm yeah. just saying I always read it as Chandler because there's no, like, oh. it's just, it's so, no. I, is, that what, is that what you two do? Because in my head, I always just hear, whoa, Black Betty, Chandelan, every time <laughs> I read the name. So that, that's that's what I did the whole time. But there's him. He never liked Richard a whole lot, but they kind of grow to respect each other after some arrow contest and like seeing Richard handle certain situations. So it's Chandelan uh, and his two buddies, Prindon and, and Tosinden. Tosinden? Yeah, like, like, I guess the mud people naming convention is just, it ends in N. And it's just ugh, dumb. So yeah, Chandelan... Prisindin and to- no Prindin and Tossidin. I'm just gonna call them Prince Tossy and Chandler. And that's just, Tossy. Oh, that's that's a, just what's, what's gonna happen. Great. Prince Tossy yeah, and Chandler. Yeah. So Kylon goes off with them to because to start an episode of Friends. I mean that's yeah yeah. <laughs> so no one told you that you'd fuck a bunch of nuns. All right. That's, well, that's enough of it. Uh, Colin's like story is oh, like. Oh God! I almost spit my tea pages. everywhere. It's like 200 pages of the book, and like it could be summarized in like 50. Like, yeah, no, if, that, that, if not less than that. I mean, and that's how I feel about, like I said, all this, you know, weird, you know, off offshoot stories. I mean, Colin, yeah, goes on this crazy battle thing that, like you said, could have been summarized in way less time. Yeah, they, they have like like. 
15 pages for them to find this city that's been sacked, uh, full of, like, tons of raped women described in horrifying detail. Thanks, Terry. And Yeah, he, yeah, like, he because, had to really get that one we out. Need, yeah, because every time a woman is raped, we get excruciating detail. But when Richard is raped... Yeah, nah. it cuts away, like a fucking yeah. softcore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh, I don't know. It just I think it just says a lot about how people... In general, I mean, this have... whole this whole book is rife with like that sort of like males are one way, females are another way, you know. Yeah, and I, I think duality. There's that, a lot of like, like fetishization of women being the weaker role and 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 always needing help, even though he tries to play it up like that's not what's going on. It totally is <laughs> by making them like kind of strong, but. Not really. Yeah, yeah. There's there's still sexual objects right. in the end, like and, and 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 beyond that, there's even like the strict delineation of like male wizard power and female wizard power. Yep. And there's a whole thing about how you have to transfer male wizard power that we're gonna get to in, in oh, a little the bit, Rosemary's but... Baby scene. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh sure, yeah, <laughs> sure. But uh, it, there's there's a whole lot of that. Okay, you know what? That that kind of happens as Verna and Richard are doing their thing. I know. We, you know, let's talk about Collins then, because that's what we're doing. Yeah, right you can now. wrap don't that up. Too far. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking so Colin, basically, she has a side story about um, she was the head of this the council at Aiden Drill, which is sort of like the I guess the UNE type place for whatever we're supposed to call this world. And as the mother confessor, she technically has overarching authority over everyone. Like her word is kind of final yeah, and in settling disputes in the Midlands, every- not not Westland or Dahara, but the Midlands. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, there's been some incursions by Daharans that she's been hearing into the Midlands or something. So she has to she at first wants to go to Aiden Drill both to find Zed so she can find out if there's another way that Richard could have learned to harness his gift instead of going with the sisters, even though he already went. <laughs> and to also like assert her power as mother confessor again because she's been gone for a while. So that's kind of a void in power. And maybe there's some power struggles happening, which, in fact, there are. Oh, and surprise, her half sister is a queen. Of course. <laughs> and so th- there's like some like for like one chapter, it seems like there might be some political maneuvering when she gets up there. But she basically yeah goes past the sack city, decides she needs to like fix this because it, because after. her half sister was the queen there. But also because, yeah, she's the mother confessor of the Midlands and yeah, the shit so shouldn't she, be happening. She, basically, she has to make that the Daharan troops that have been that sacked the city who are I, I think are might be like a rogue element because they are yeah. But like Dahara is she Dahara supposed, sorry supposed to be on so yeah Dahara supposed to be under Richard's control, but he's not even there because he went off to fuck school or whatever. <laughs> well, that and like this just you know it just happened that he killed Dark and Rawl, so most peop most forces out in the world don't know that. And, um, yeah, Probably. this thing called the Imperial Order has started kind of independently of the Daharans, but has attracted a lot of Daharans because of how they usually are, I guess. It's actually from the old world, and they've, yeah. like, come there to, you know, basically, like, try to grab the Daharans that are kind of aimless and want to just rape and pillage. And so, but, like, the uh, talking about how Kaylin like, wants to go after them, she, the book especially, like, explicitly makes it, have her think this whole thing is about like the raped women like that's the thing she flashes back to and that just goes back to like yeah they're always just weak and powerless and like even a woman has to look well but all the all the ladies that i saw that were dead i have to like go after this army by myself yeah by myself with three other dudes and then they they stumble upon a contingent of like five thousand that are that are left of the you know of the quote good forces um and they work with them to eventually produce 
A glorious scene, Chris. How how glorious oh, yeah, per- is this scene? Per- perhaps my favorite scene in the book. Kalan has taken over this uh, five thousand strong regiment of like b- young people, basically that were like uh, they weren't they were left out of the fight at first, I believe, because the people wanted them to like protect the outer area or something, and they came back, found the city sacked, and then they went off to chase the Imperial Order elements. And Kalan stumbles upon them, takes control of them, and she's like, "All right, here's what my plan is, guys. You ready?" All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get naked, all right? <laughs> I'm going to get on top of a horse. Everyone, all of you, you're going to strip down to the to your absolute nothing in the middle of winter. Okay, we're all going to paint ourselves white, pretend to be ghosts, and run into the camp and destroy everything. They'll be so scared that they think we're spooky ghosts <laughs> that they won't have time to react. Right, so, all right? so, all right, so... On three, one, two, three, <laughs> naked. Yeah, so... All right, that sounds kind of ridiculous, but when you when you hear the explanation, it like almost makes a little bit of sense because they're trying to, you know, do quick attacks that surprise the enemy, and it happens that Daharans are really afraid of spirits. So they're like, they really believe in the spirit world, and they're scared of ghosts. Uh, and moreover, they're scared of erect ghosts. They're really yeah, super. They're, they're extra super scared, scared of, of, of like erect ghost cops because like, uh, apparently their their mortal enemy like hundreds or thousands of years ago or something was this this race of people who went into battle with their hard dicks. So so. <laughs> But so, the, the only reason that so. gets explained, by the way, is like when Kalen has the idea for everybody to strip down naked and they cover themselves in whitewash, which is like a nice detail, I guess. And but the 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 captain is like, but 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 mother confessor, you're, you're too um, hot. You're too hot, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone's gonna have a real hard boater around. Yeah, and, and and she was like, um, well, and then she tells the story about you know this this race that they are really afraid of that used to go into battle with hard dicks anyway. So he was like, oh, oh, oh okay. So yeah, so Colin dipped in whitewash sits atop a giant like Clydesdale and leads a thousand men into battle with hard dicks covered in whitewash. <laughs> A thousand underage men, can we clarify? Because a they lot were, of them were said yeah. to be like like teenager or under yeah. or something. So, I yeah. mean, that is probably a pretty horrifying sight to just see a thousand underage dicks just <laughs> flying at you with swords. <laughs> Especially if you think they're ghosts. Too, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think some of them were also like the enfeebled and older people. Um, but yeah, mostly True. younger. Um, but it also goes out as far as to say, like, it's really cold outside and snowing and they have to, like, run from afar to, like, take them by surprise. So these dudes are running in, like, the snow with nothing on except for some white paint or whatever. I'm pretty sure they might die. They have coats <laughs> yeah. at the start, and, but then they, like, take them off. I, I, I believe that they, they were, like, still on the horse. My brain has to do that math. Like, their coats were, like, strapped to the horse of something, and they, and they put them <laughs> yeah. on. Because the plan, the, only... the plan actually goes pretty well, like, f- considering how absurd it is, until she just starts bullshitting with the general in the middle of the camp for, like, five pages. It's like, what about yeah. quick in and out? It's like, why? she's like, where's the other general? I'm like, what the fuck does it matter? Yeah, I yeah, know. You're like, you're just standing there like completely vulnerable. But I had in many like new ways that yeah. you wouldn't expect someone going to battle to be vulnerable. But she's just standing there having a shit talk fest with the general while just everything's all out there. Which I guess you know, cool for you to like your body and like be confident in everything. I suppose body positivity. Is, yeah, body you know, positivity. That, but... Uh, but again, you know, a woman is only a sexual object, and 
She leads. She's powerful when she's naked. Yep. Okay? Powerful when she's naked, and that's it. Um, her. That's actually kind of an overarching theme. Is like. Terry Goodkind tends to write women as wanting to control you through sexuality. Yeah, and they're only powerful when they're sexual, and that's it. Trying, trying to, trying to put a collar on you at all times. Trying yep. to chain Richard down, holding him down by his like his need all the time. Well, because because think about it. Yeah, in the first book, Denna controls him through, se- through pain, and but sex mostly sex pain. And um, what's uh, who's the other like? Oh, uh, Du Chai Lu, which is another fucking dumbass name. She also, you know, tries to seduce and control Richard through sex. I mean, Colin she just doesn't. Fucks with him, to be yeah. fair to her, yeah. she's more just fucking with him. Like of all the times that happens, I find hers the least egregious because she's clearly doing it for the lulls. Even though she has been like in the process of being raped uh, yeah. by multiple people at this village for like yeah. days or something, she's still like, "All right, what? Whatever, dude, throw it in me. I don't give a fuck." Like, yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that later. But um, and then obviously all the all the sisters of the light who uh, are sorceresses, but also uh, sex nuns. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you know, Terry, Terry Good kind of wrote, wrote this whole thing with a boner, man. I'm, I'm gonna say. Yeah, like, I really think he did. Th- that's how you come up with a scene with a, a naked woman on a horse leading a thousand other naked young men into battle. That's the only way you come up with that in your head is if you, like, haven't jerked off enough today or something. Yeah, I don't know. Even though I have to say, like, the way this book is paced, it's almost like he was jerking off the whole time and then he figured out, oh, shit, I have this deadline. All right, shit, well, how do I wrap this up in 200 pages? Fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, yeah, the end of the <laughs> book is real rushed. Yeah, that's and it's the only, like, good part good-ish at least like things yeah. start happening because so after the battle with uh where they do the ghost cock thing like Kaylin <laughs> realizes basically what i said is like oh why did i shit talk that guy oh i'm wasting my time here i'm use- i'm letting my pride get the better of me um so she resolves to leave but not before something uh bad happens uh, can you actually take us take us away on that? Because I forgot exactly. What <laughs> bad thing. Again, Chris, bad, did you read bad... this book? Did you read? The I read book? it like three and a half weeks ago, and <laughs> yeah, like uh, I, I just didn't. There's want to many bad things that happen. Uh, I wanted to there's, 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 take it away because there's many bad things that happen. Yeah. I kind of need to re- remember exactly which one that happened. Oh, well, so after they had the battle, like she's like, okay, we got, I gotta leave. You guys can just like merc all these dudes without me. We're all fine, you know, and... Yeah, uh, they had separate missions going on, like, every few hours they were, like, trying to stagger all their men so that they could get a bunch of murder missions done and whatever, Yeah, right? so so she's like, okay, things are going to be fine, I'm going to go to Iden Drill, and then, like, randomly, uh, Prindon just, like, tries to kill her. Yeah, he just oh, yeah. he just just decides to be evil. Yeah, like that's not ever expanded upon. It's just like, oh, by the way, he was a baneling. Like what? The, yeah, that's a the thing that's like described in a useless Zed and Addy chapter, which like are just entirely skippable. Yeah. But like she d- uh, tells them the concept of like the blood of the fold who hunt banalings, which is like basically the keeper of the underworld has like agents in the world. And for whatever reason, they're like, yeah, I just like murder people because like the devil told me to. But it's cool. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, it, but it, it's, it seems like when Addie explains it, that you can be a baneling without and not know kind yeah. of for a while. So like it's it's just kind of totally random. And. Honestly, it makes no sense because Prindon is a mud is from the mud people. So like, what? Like what? And the thing that 
it really made no sense. Like, that was one of the only things that surprised me in the whole book because the only indication was when he was the one who didn't have enough of that, like, magic paste or something. And I thought that was a little weird, but, like, I didn't piece it together until it finally happened. It's literally only that and, like, him telling her she has a nice ass. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Only like, two <laughs> things. Oh, shit, you know he's evil because he's looking at that booty all the time. Like, yeah. Even though it's also expanded upon that the mud people just, like, freely say, like, hey, nice tits, lady. Yeah, That's which, like, is, which is why I didn't think it was that weird. But, yeah, that was the only other, you know, kind of wink or nod at... At the idea that he was evil and going to try to kill her and, well you know up until like right before it's about to happen and she keeps drinking this tea and keeps feeling real weird and i was like oh shit he's poisoning her um but yeah it, it was weird and then they deal with that of course of course everything's fine and she doesn't get really hurt or raped or killed or anything that's just the way everything seems to be handled in this book is like if there's sudden danger something comes in to save them that wasn't really foreshadowed that much at all there's like that was always a little bit my problem with the first book, too, is, like, the magic always seemed just, like, oh, here's a magical barrier that we can't cross. Ah, there's this thing that'll get us across it anyway, yeah. like, a couple of chapters later. But in this book, it's, like, literally pages later that it happens. Zed and Addy get, like, magic aids that prevent <laughs> them from being, like, good magicians. Yeah, and then they it, did. <laughs> it's healed, like, off chapter, off screen when they just roll up again eventually being like, ah, yeah, we fixed I it. I was so scared. Like, I, not having remembered some of the details, like, when they get the magic aids and they're like, we have to go to Nico Baris, which is where Addie's from, I was, like, so scared. I was like, oh, fuck. Was there, like, a long fucking sequence with these three sorcerers that they're talking about? Oh, I'm going to have to read that bullshit. And luckily, they just weirdly, like, snap right to them after that. So that was a, a blessing. Wait, does anyone remember yeah. how they got magic aids? Because I don't remember. The screen. The screen. Oh, the screen. Okay. Not explained otherwise. Attack, yeah, the, a screen attacks them in Addie's home. Basically, she, Addie's like a bone collector, and turns out some of the bones she had were like still active if like the keeper got too close or something. So the bones come alive. It's a screen, which is like a creature of the boundary between the underworld and the real world. Yeah, it's, phys it it's physical in this world, but um, um, it just not in the underworld or something. It destroys all Addie's shit. They have to run away, and but they take like a, a, a bone of a screen, like the, a round part bone of the screen is useful for like cutting between worlds or something like that. Yeah, what and it, you know, that? you come to, comes to fi come to find out that like the keeper has just been basically playing at her whole fucking life. And she's been collecting all this stuff. And uh, he's always known where she was. And that's how the screen ends up attacking them. Like once she gets Zed to her, I guess in like an isolated moment, you know, when they're not boning down or something. Um, yeah, they frequently are, but yeah, so they get weird magic aids from the screen and then they start, they, they, their magic yeah. doesn't work right. Like, you know, they try to start a fire and instead it just creates a bunch of smoke and then like yeah, but this is all not to interrupt you. I'm sorry, no, Pat, it's but okay. like it's all unnecessary in the oh, end yeah. because there's even there's even one scene where they like almost meet with Kalan. Like they come up on her like camp and like she's literally about to kill them because she doesn't know who is about to be there. But then she tells the scouts to turn them away because their cab driver has a pass to be there or whatever. Yeah, and like so that's unnecessary too because then Zed and Addy just go the other direction and then they pop up again later. A okay, like, like yeah. so far away too. Like they they pop up there and then suddenly. They're, they've gone to Addie's hometown and then gone all the way to Iden Drill. Just like it, that's that's what all happens. Yeah. Yeah. Just right away. And, and um, yeah. So yeah. So the whole Zed and Addie side plot doesn't matter. Even Colin's side plot doesn't really matter a whole lot to the to the main yeah, story. 
to this book, and this is kind of the one question I really wanted to ask TJ is like, this must be set up for later stuff because it literally has no bearing on Richard's plot whatsoever. It's not like she takes those troops back to like the Garden of Life where Dark and Raw is hanging out waiting for Richard to come back for what, you know, it, she, it, it's just a side story with Colin and then she it, fucks off back to Idendril in the end. It, yeah, it's, it, yeah, there's no reason for it really because she... It's not. They come back later, but basically it was like, "Hey, remember that time you showed us how to kill people? That was sweet. You're like a badass." Like that's as much as it comes back as a runner. Like that. That's why I couldn't believe how much time was like spent with all those battle scenes. Are you saying like in the future books that's all it amounts to? Yeah, in the future books, like she's like you know uh, sister to the queen of Galia and the the king, and you know that they're a player later. But like as far as like the importance of her spending time with that army, like, it's just like, yeah, she spent time with our army. That's why we know our mother confessor is, like, extra cool. Like, it doesn't... The, yeah. Then what the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. now I'm super pissed. Everything I else mean, is a runner. I, like, I that, also... I also want to bet that, like, that fucking baby guard doesn't really amount to anything either. Uh, he, uh, he can... When he gets big enough, he can fly people places. Oh, like, he okay. can fly, like, a single person. So he's he's basically, like, a nerfed version of the Red Dragon at, at a later point. <laughs> yeah. So like, he's, like, right. a magic yeah. carpet. Cool. Yeah, like, um, oh, I can only carry, like, two, and you can't be fat. Like... Uh, yeah, 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 I mean, and what? what's another... So, so, like, this book could have been, like, 400, 500 pages, right? Oh, yeah, like, easily. It could have been four, three to 400 pages, I would say. Like, even if you really needed to keep in Kalan riding on a horse naked with a thousand erect dicks around her, like if you really needed to keep that scene and you could have done that with like much less yeah. setup. Even the whatever. first scene, like the very first set of scenes, like, Oh, with the mud people. Yeah. That shit was so pointless. no, even back before that with the screeling, like that was three oh. fucking chapters could have been one. Yeah. So I know it. Yeah. It could, it could have just been Screely shows up, attacks them. Zed's like, Oh shit. The keeper got out. And like, then that sets off the whole thing. But there's like three chapters of him, like getting blowjob tea with that one lady. Yeah. And then the other yeah. like and lady like, who there, who's there, who eventually, uh, Jebra who's revealed, Oh, this is for Chandelin to bang. Like every, this is the only reason female characters are introduced. <gasps> yep. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. She comes. So, cause yeah. Cause Jebra like tried to save, uh, she's just like this, lady who handmaiden servant she has like, like a she has weird prophecy visions but sometimes she doesn't know if they're going to be true or something so she yeah appears at the beginning of the book and zed saves her life and then she appears way later like right at the end of the book to try to save the queen of galea who doesn't listen to her anyway and then she appears yeah. again just to be yeah just to be chandler's fuck slave like wh- what like why that's <laughs> yeah, so one of the last scenes of the book is chandler being like hey how do i tell your friend her titties are nice <laughs> yeah. yeah that is okay, actually something science- that happens Side note, Paris, Chandler's Fuck Slave is the name of my friend's theme grindcore band, so thank you for that one. <laughs> all right, You're so there's, good. like, basically, like, one other thing we have to hit before we get all the way to fuck school, which is uh, Richard's encounter with Du Chailu in that, like, in-between village between the school and the border. Honestly, world. like... He's a runner, at least. Yeah. Honestly, like, By the way, there's, I b- wanted there's to a border. fucking kill Richard when this... Yeah, there's a... By the way, there's a border that, like, the sisters can only cross through, like, twice over for, between the New World and the Old World. And there's, like, this whole, like, you you get lost in these illusions the ma- forever. It's the Magic Sand Desert careful. I was talking about earlier. The Magic Sand Desert. And there's, like, there's like yeah, there's, like, ma- literal Magic Sands in there that you have to navigate through in these towers that seem to, like, be conduits for the magic barrier They're between wizard the ta- world wizard's and towers, right? 
Yeah, Wizards Towers. It's literally uh, made sand. from the death of wizards. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sorcerer's Sand is made from, like, sorcerer bones or something, so it's, like, magic bone dust that's, like, spread all over it. And there's, like, white variant and black variant, which becomes sort of relevant later, but not really. Uh, also, Chase and Rachel get lost in this void, which I was kind of okay with, to be honest, because I, I, all I wanted was for those two to be happy forever. And honestly, if it's, like, in the magic illusion world, I'm kind of okay with I knew with you that. were going to say that. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, there's so many horrible things happening in the outside world that like, like, that's like, where they... Hang on. How did they even get there? Yeah, that was what I was going to say. I was like, <laughs> like, they, don't, they haven't mentioned since, like, chapter 2, and then it's, yeah. like, chapter 52, and it's like, they're just suddenly here where Richard is exactly. It's like, what? Yeah, like, how did... Yeah, they, they managed to find him. They like, just managed to roll up on him. You know, they, they gave you that little tiny chapter somewhere in the middle that was supposed to tip you off to the fact that they had gotten lost in there. And, you know, also when Richard sees them in there. But I was like, oh, shit. It's after oh, Richard shit. sees them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. After that and, I was like, and I was like, oh, shit. I guess they were really trapped in there. And I was like, but how did they even get there? Like, what? How did they get to the end of the world? Like, yeah. I don't. Because this is a place that people supposedly don't go. Because Verna has to lead them through this desert with these big old towers. And basically, Richard is like, becomes like a super saiyan to like. Yeah, he. <laughs> He's just always so good at everything. He can, like, go through these magic illusions just because he can, as far as... That's oh, the, the I, I love it. the part with the horse where he's like, the horses aren't affected by the magic. And you're like, dude, you don't think anyone else would have figured that out, like, in all these thousands of years? He's like, oh, just follow the horses. Like, dude, if super it was genius. that simple... Somebody yeah. else would have noticed. Yeah, Richard is the best at everything, super smart at everything. Although, to me, he honestly comes off as, like, super doofy the whole oh, time. Oh, yeah, he seems like a total fucking doofus. I I do not <laughs> like him at all. That's why, like, from what I've seen of the show, I was just disappointed that, like, there's a way that all these characters could kind of be likable if they were played, like, in the exact correct way. And if you just, like, hit the perfect line of, like, doofus who's good at everything somehow, like... That would be enjoyable, but it's it's hard to read, for sure. Yeah, yeah it really it is. is. The whole, he so yeah, he, Richard just finds his way through this magic maze because he can, and he's so good, and he's got the best penis ever. Because yeah, you know, yeah, he saves Verna because she gets trapped in an illusion. Because the way the magic sand desert thing works is like you can really only go through it once and then back through it one more time because by after two times the magic kind of learns you better and it's it's like you can't go through it a third or fourth time supposedly it's like the borg except that doesn't that's not actually true but you know yeah so anyway they go through this board this magic board or okay just because richard has got super genius powers super penis powers (laughs) i mean his name is literally richard so dick which means this whole series is based around just like yeah yeah yeah, just well that's like when okay so when when chris gave the book to me he goes did you get to the scene of a thousand dicks? And I was like, what? Because I, I, you know, I just started reading the book. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, there's a scene of a thousand dicks. You're never going to guess. You're never going to guess what it is. And I'm like, oh, was it like a room, of, an illusion of a thousand Richards? And he was like, no. And I said, was it a thousand babies being circumcised? No. Was it just a thousand dudes having sex? No. Ha ha. You're never going to guess. And then I got to the passage and I started laughing hysterically because of course it wasn't something I would ever guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you would never guess that, oh, the, the main female character <laughs> decides to lead a charge of a thousand naked dudes. And, and somehow, <laughs> every all thousand of them are turned on by her. Not one of them is gay, not one of them <laughs> yeah. doesn't care about women, not one of them finds her unattractive. Well, one thousand strong. Dicks. 
Let's let's be fair. It, it doesn't it, mention it, any he- hard dick specifically. Heavily insinuated that like her being naked would help in casting yeah. the illusion of erections and ancestor ghosts and stuff, but it doesn't really spell out that every single dick was erect. I will agree. To I that. am going to say that they must have been because it's Terry Goodkind and everything is in the superlative. Well, that's the thing. I want sure. him to describe it as all. Like, he doesn't yeah, ever go yeah. far enough. But it's he's like afraid of describing male sexual actions. Don't you understand? It's only women getting raped. Ugh. Yeah, that's true because the, the, the only penetrative scene that happens in this book is when some of the sis- by the way, they're sisters of the dark to counter the All right, well, we'll get to that. Let's get through the let's get through the fucking sand magic desert thing first. Oh uh, yeah, cuz this kind of happens like right before they get there. So, uh yeah, so they get through the sand desert thing. They happen upon this village in between uh where the the school they need to go to and they need to get passage through it and there's been a political agreement for like forever that these Three thousand years. That's how I imagine yeah. Verna saying it every time, because she says it they, every they, time. Every time they talk yeah. about three th- for three thousand years. So they let the sisters of the light through with these young wizard boys, and like they, there has to be a sacrifice made by capturing someone from an opposing village, and so that's where this Du Chailu character pops up. She's being held captive. Uh, waiting for the sister to show up and for Richard to sacrifice her to their gods or something. is a feeling of goodwill. Of course, Richard won't do this, so he undoes thousands of years of political maneuvering and everything because he's such a good guy and he doesn't give a fuck. Um, this and is how libertarians so he, think the world works. They think exactly. everything sucks and like clearly I am smart enough to just like – I can just bullshit my way and just use basic common sense and uh, morals because I'm also the best at that. And everything yeah, why don't people just see the – why don't people just see the solution? It's so easy. All I have to do is not do this one thing. And like, hey, Chris, but, you know so, what? I'm a private yeah. citizen, so you can't pull me over. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. <laughs> yeah, that like, yeah, that's a perfect example. You, you can't, you can't force me to rape and murder this girl because I am a. I'm a private standing. citizen. Yeah, exactly. I'm a Whatever that man. means. Yeah, <laughs> Richard is his own state. You cannot the state of <laughs> the Richard Rawl. State Rall. of Richard Rawl. So technically he is. So maybe he could have used some like diplomatic immunity. Yeah, honestly, instead, honestly, that's a good point. Which would have been smarter, probably. Oh, absolutely. But, but instead, he just like murders all the people that were holding uh, Du Chailu captive. She's like, "Well, you're my husband now," because this was also prophesied. By the way, Richard no, is in every prophecy. Ever. Yeah, he's in all the prophecies. He's not the husband yet. It's not until the the twist after they they save this poor girl who had been raped by these like other like natives of the land and the Majendi uh, who have a real name, unlike the mud people. Yeah, every every yeah. other tribe has a real name, and uh, she's like fucking with him like because for some reason they need to take a bath together like the same yeah. time because they because they all smell bad. They all realize like oh yeah we've been traveling for weeks. We smell like shit like. That's basically what happens because she yeah. they're trying to make her ride the horse and she's like, it smells. And he's like, we all smell. And so they just like take a bath. Yeah. And then she decides she's the husband. I forget what exactly what the trigger so was. So basically like uh, they bathe together. Uh, she yes. like fucks with him and makes him watch her back. Uh, then they, uh, she leads them, you know, towards where they need to go. But all of a sudden, like, there's a bunch of swordsmen from her tribe just there. She's led them basically into a trap. Yeah, because oh, yeah, and so because and Richard so is a ri- magic man, and they don't suffer magic men to travel through their world because magic men, wizards, are the ones who set up 
the magic sand desert right on their native land, so they hate wizards forever and all wizards must die. Uh, and the only reason the sisters have ever been able to get wizards across was through this political agreement that Richard ruined. And then he has to murder all these swordsmen yep. that show up. It turn, turns out that was the exact right thing that you were supposed to do, because if you're able to murder all the super well-trained swordsmen, then you're clearly the chosen one for their tribe who will lead you them back to their promised land. So now, by the way, five of those swordsmen were husbands of Du Chailu. She was actually like the... the matriarch i guess of the of the clan or whatever yeah she was like and the prayer mother or something i forget what it was called now because richard has murdered her five husbands that transfers her pussy rights to him yes. clearly that's how that works so now they have to be husband and wife together yeah oh what a miss what a misunderstanding for richard to have to hold back it's on. yeah a again sitcom joke like for the rest of the time that these bo- this book and all the other books is just like her calling him husband and he's like shut up stop yeah, it's so stupid, and and the only reason she thinks that is because, again, like Chris was saying, you know, he's in every prophecy ever, and he's the Kaharin, you know, their savior. Who Ooh, nice pronunciation, love that. Yeah, I, yeah, that was my guess anyway. Um, and she's like, no, it's it says that we have to do this together, and that means that we're husband and wife. And he's like, no, it just literally means we have to work together. And she's like, no, husband. He's like, no, we're just working together so stupid yeah just because they misinterpret the prophecy by by you know because it says like they have to be together they think it has to be husband and wife that's obviously not it but you know and and thus begins the tempting of richard (laughs) for the next 200 or so pages of this book because after that they they go they get all the way to fuck school finally it's time yay we finally get to fuck school yay except not really Yeah, Richard's ready to learn some magic, and like as soon as he shows up, he's already turning things upside down. He doesn't care about traditions, whatever. He's a real bad boy. He y'all. threatens oh, yeah. to kill everybody as soon as he gets there. Which every yeah. time I've read this book, it's like that's a bit much, man. Like no yeah. one's yeah. hurt you yet. They just put a, like a collar on you, and because of your like past <laughs> BDSM like uh, trauma, you don't like that. But he literally just walks into this hall. They have this banquet for the new student at the palace of light and he's like yo motherfuckers i will straight murder all y'all for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's i'm just here to really like help weird. these headaches and that's it someone just give me an aspirin everyone's head getting and cut a off blow job yeah by the way also no except no blow job because <laughs> he no is blow. betrothed to kaylin and he will not take a blow job from any woman but he obviously even thinks- though he feels yeah, he thought Colin betrayed him, but he's still like, actually, no. Like, well, he also yeah. thinks that he's just gonna be like there, like at most, like Harry Potter amount of time. Yeah, turns out that's not the case, and it takes a while to learn wizard stuff, so he gets really upset about that. Yeah, but in the process of this, he is introduced to many, many sexy nun ladies. Yeah, so. All... All wanted, well, baby. So let's talk about the Sisters of Light. Uh, so the sexy nuns are the Sisters of Light, and they live at the Palace of the Prophets, uh, where they keep a prophetic wizard chained up in a room. I don't know. That's kind of weird. But they have this secret prophet guy, and he spews prophecies. I forget his name, actually. Nathan. 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 Right. Nathan. Just, just Nathan. Nathan the prophet. Good old Nate. Good old, Nate yeah, good prophet. old Nate the prophet. Um, And, you know, it's called the Palace of the Prophets. It's on an island... And it's sort of like Vatican City in that it kind of, like, they run all their own shit even though they're apart, even though they're in the old world and there's um, a government there, but they, they just kind of do their own thing. Which um, is the Imperial Order. Yep. Yeah, the Imperial Order, the big, the evil force that is just starting to get into um, 
Westland, well, Midland, the Midland, big bads of the whole series, actually. So, like, yeah, I like the, I like the description of it being like the Vatican because that's like, yeah, it's exactly like that. They're like, oh, we don't even care about this. There was a there was a uh, overthrow of the government a few decades back, but it's all fine. Doesn't really matter. That's literally yeah, a conversation. Yeah, they, yeah, they literally they're like, oh yeah, we notice that there's different guards, but meh, and they just move on. Uh, so they're kind of allowed to do whatever in the you know in the realm of reason, I guess. Um, Plus, they, they have shit tons of money, much like Vatican City. So in yeah. that way, they're also allowed to do kind of whatever they want. And um, so, like I had mentioned earlier, the Sisters of the Light, they're, you know, in service to the creator. They think they have to save young boys who would otherwise die from these headaches because they're turning into wizards by teaching them how to use their their magic because they're sorceresses. But, like, there's, there's some shady shit going on. So usually boys get brought to the the palace of the prophets boy like you know you're like seven or eight when you get brought there because typically it doesn't take your whole life like it did for richard for this shit to suddenly start happening so richard coming as an adult is an anomaly and everyone's like oh this is so weird so these women take these young boys and they raise them in this palace and then they eventually have sex with them Yep, like, that's the whole end game. Like, is to like Jesus eventually... Christ, you're raising a child from the age of like seven or eight, and then, you know, 20 years later, you're like, oh, by the way, I uh, also offer other services. Like, that's so messed up. <laughs> it's such a fucked up, like, a psychological, emotional bondage that they have these kids in. And it's no wonder the Sisters of the Dark exist. Like, <laughs> I, I think they fuck the prostitutes more. Like, mm-hmm. they, th- that's the other part of it that I yeah. think is even grosser. Like, the sisters fucking them is gross on a psychological level, but just on, like, a, a, a level of, like, sheer human misery. So, like you said, they have a lot of gold, but they give, like, infinite gold to each student. Like, every student has, like, as much gold as anyone could want or need in just, like, v- like vases, I guess, in their room. Yeah, just, yeah. just bowls of gold everywhere. And they can just go use that on prostitutes, which... which they do. The young boys do all it. And Richard, like, when the action starts heating up in People's Palace, it's just like uh, Richard the Pimp, as uh, Chris referred to him. The three-page yeah. pimp, Richard Rawls. In the space, of three, in the in space, the space of, of three pages. It's a space of literally three pages. It describes Richard having, like, just gotten there to then facilitating all pussy in the area at all times to everybody. Yeah. And, like, be, Richard. through a series of, like, political dealings with, like, oh, I'll just set up, like, a bulk account with this one brothel. Yeah, so literally to gain everyone's favor so that he can eventually you know, overthrow the palace is, is what he's thinking. He, he tries to gain the favor of the guards and the other students and some of the teachers. So he's like, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess I'll just set up a, a rolling account with this one brothel. So he just, he's <laughs> yeah. like, all right, you just have to go to this brothel and say you're a friend of Richard Rawl and they'll set you up for free. And so he literally becomes a pimp. Like, I mean, he's not taking any of the earnings from the prostitutes, but for all intents and purposes, and, and there's like one sentence where it's like, Richard thought this might not be the most moral thing to do, but he justified it anyway. And then the word, like the book just continues. It's because they well, would yeah. just do it anyway. It literally says, well, they would just do it anyway. And I'm like, more libertarian shit. It's just like, well, why have regulations when people are just going to do things anyway? It's like, because some things are wrong, man. So you need limits on some things. Also, like, why hadn't anyone ever done this before? If there's just in- yeah, like, I, I, I thought like, that no too. No one thought to. I thought that too. Richard it was weird. W- Richard was the first one to like economize well, pussy and like really think about it on a the first to show up level. as an enemy of the place instead of just being like a young boy there. It's like, oh, this is fun, but he's like 
scheming from the beginning. If you're raised there from like, you know, when you're seven or eight, like, and you get to like either fuck your teachers, maybe if they're into you and prostitutes, then like maybe you'd never have that idea because you've been fucking your teachers and prostitutes your whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. True. And, and their, so, like, their with... reasoning for this is that it helps them because they, they don't want the bo- the boys or men to be distracted by sexual urges so they can focus on using their gift as wizards. That's their whole fucking excuse. It's ridiculous. And to breed it's wizards, re- too. They like oh, right, and to breed wizards, yeah. They like- That's like the secondary thing about why they want like wizards to fuck a lot. It's like, we need to be creating more wizards in general. So like sometimes the teachers can do it, sometimes the prostitutes can do it. We don't really care, just as long as someone's getting pregnant around here. Well, because they're trying to breed uh, a wizard with additive and subtractive magic, because that's Terry Goodkind's brilliant magic scheme. This is all just terrible Wheel of Time. Like, every level is just like... <laughs> what if Wheel of Time was, like, like for dumb people? Yeah, I've heard good things about that series, and maybe I'll poke my head into it soon. But let's continue. There's so many problematic things to get through with the with uh, the Palace of the uh, the Fuck School or whatever. Yeah. I, I forgot the name. Palace of the Prophets, but, yeah. But, um, so, Richard shows up to here. He has multiple teachers trying to get on him at all times. There's, like, there's this one lady. All right. Terry Goodkind has to tell you her name's Pasha and she's like supposed to be Richard's main teacher, I guess, or like main tutor, you could say, even though he has like sessions with a bunch of other ladies in in the school. Yeah, she's the she's the girl that's in charge of him because the way the Sisters of the Light works is like you're only um like a what's the word they use? Not, Not a novice. Yeah, you're a novice until uh you successfully train a wizard and then you are granted the title of sister so this is like her her opportunity to get her title um so she you know she's the one that gets to train richard this is her phd project yeah yeah it's it's graduate studies is like fucking this really hot dude because she comes on to him right away the first night Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, the yep, first, first night. The first lesson they have together, she's like, all right, Richard, we're going to sit down. We're going to try to meditate. You're going to try to touch your hand. Oh, yeah, and that's, that that's the way that they talk about using your wizard gift yeah. is touching your hand. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, who thought that was a good idea? Who? What editor read this and went, yeah, that's fine, Terry. It's cool. Go to print. Ugh. Yeah. So, like, that's the whole thing is, like, they just sit down and, like, touch each other's hands and look at each other a bit and try to focus on it. I just imagine and, like, them trying to touch Han Solo just, like, real hard. Just, yeah, yeah. Just, really. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so, like, they'll have these sit-down sessions and, like, the first night Pasha does it with, with Richard, she's like, all right, that didn't work out. You want to fuck right that's now? The, like, and he was like, what? With, like, that's the first night he's at the palace. This is, like, immediately yeah. after he just said, I'm going to murder all of you. Yeah. Like, and she's just like, so, like, yeah, but you, you're still horny, right? Like, clearly, you're a man, so. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah and, that's, and that's the thing. Like, yeah. the Sisters of the Light and these books have this underlying premise, you know, that men have uncontrollable sexual urges and they're all fucking beasts. And it's like, dude, give people some, like, these books are just, oh, they're so black and white with male, female, like we were talking about before. Thank you. Not all men. Not all, <laughs> not all men. No, no. Oh it's not. fuck. Oh, but, but, but being yeah, ironic. Actually, please be clear. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> But uh, let's actually, the, a perfect example of this is that one scene that happened that kind of while Richard and Verna were on their way to the Palace of the Prophets um, is the way, so there's some Sisters of the Dark working under the under 
cover over here. And they're, and and they're, they're pledged to the keeper instead of the creator. Yeah, they're, they're also sexy nuns. They're totally DTF, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, they're cool on that front. Don't worry but DTF. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. And so, it's such a different way. So, like, what's happening is this one sister, and it's kind of like they never mention her name, which one it is. They've Every time this sister pops up, she just says the sister or, like, stuff like that. It's supposed to be There's, a big mystery, has, except you totally figure yeah. it out. It has a she has a magical item called a quillion, and apparently you can suck away a male wizard's Han his gift out of him into the quillion, and you can store it there like a battery. Now the problem is is that a female wizard can't take a male wizard's power because obviously they're incompatible or whatever for whatever reason. So they need to figure out a way to get the male wizard energy from the quillion into this super sister of the dark who's like the leader of the troop, I guess. And uh, it turns out they have this neat ritual where if you go out into the woods around the Palace of the Prophets where you're not supposed to go, uh, all the Sisters of the Dark get together and they hold the Quillian up to this monster. The monster gets a raging dick boner and fucks the gift into the Sister of the Dark. Yep. That's how you do yep. it. Yep. Uh, that's what I call the Rosemary's Baby scene well, where... <laughs> Some good old fashioned demon dicking down is what happened. Yeah. That's the only actual sex scene in this book, by the way. I like how Terry, like, a, f- a monster fucking magic into a woman. That's not horrifying enough. I need to go ahead and describe the penis as barbed. Yeah. They, yeah. They sure to, to I let remember you know. that. And I was like, huh? Is it some kind of cat? Like, what is this? Even though the the woman in the scene seems to be into it, no, no, she's not. She's only into it because she wants the power. But they it's yell very at her. Clear she that... has to be into it, or she won't get the gift. Yeah, it's yeah. very yeah, clear that she do. does not want to do yeah, they, it, they, but yeah. she does. Uh, yeah. So, but like, it's that's such like a, a good example of that. Where like, oh, well, obviously, the way to get a male energy into a woman is to fuck it. Into yeah, you her, gotta fuck to, the magic pen- in. That's the only way. It into her. By the way, here's actually a fantastic segue into the thing I mentioned to TJ, but haven't mentioned to you yet, Paris. Oh, no. uh, my idea of what the confessor's power represents in actuality, pro- in Terry Goodkind's mind. Oh, right? what marriage? No, the uh, the oh, confessor's that's... power, like. You know, it just completely like dominates a man. Uh, if people who like d- don't maybe don't remember from like the first book, like it just completely renders you completely under her control, utterly and completely. You are enthralled to her forever. Yeah. Whatever Colin like, basically, Colin has a recharge time on it. But every once in a while, she can release her power into a man, or I, I think a woman too, yep. and. She can take control of their minds completely. They're forever devoted to her. She uses this to, like, you know, create minions as she's going through the books and whatever. Uh, so in in my analysis here, I'm trying to think of it from, like, Terry Goodkind's point of view. Uh, what's the only way that, like, uh, a woman can become chained to a man forever? And that's if a dude shoots his load into you and gets you pregnant. You're forever chained to that man because you have a baby with him. There's a reason to have to be in contact with him all the time. Right. And he can have control over you by doing that to you. Right. So the the confessor's power is the female version of shooting a load into someone <laughs> to chain them to you forever. I mean, she ha- you're probably right. She has a refract she has a refractory period on the it. The shortest of all confessors just- by the way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that too. Um, it, it basically, like I said, it chains a man to, or a person to her at all times. It's her, it's a representation of her ability to do that, that she would otherwise lack, but she's a special lady. So she has this sort of like vaguely male power. Yeah. So that's my crazy idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised. Probably right. You're probably and also you're, lightning. I'm surprised you're. Just, yeah, also light shooting lightning. Oh yeah, yeah. Also just, lightning. And just, then remember when she went into the blood rage, the Kandar, but then it didn't kill her, even though it was supposed to. Yeah, that's that's, that's just that was, reminiscent of every other magic thing in this book. We're like, it's probably gonna kill you. It's the worst thing to do. Ah, it's fine. You cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry, so we're, we're at the Palace of the Prophets still, and yeah, so the Sisters of the Dark, right, so the Rosemary's Baby scene happens where, you know, the demon fucks the, fucks the magic into this lady, and all I can think of is, this lady's been doing this to several wizards, right? So does, does she have to do this every time? Nope, just the first time. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, okay. like I think she's uh, like there's like literally three different chapters that show her like you get a wizard's power by skinning him alive and bleeding it from him, and I'm just like that's also just a way to kill somebody. But yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so but one of the scenes she's like, now that I have the male gift, I don't need to do that anymore. I can just skin them alive, and I'm just like, uh, cool, cool. But wait, cool. but th- but then like when she's trying to steal Richard's gift. She's doing it just by like holding hands with him and ripping it from his brain. So I was that's confused by it, that. That's that that's to get it into the Quillian, where she then uses the Quillian as a battery for the demon dick to fuck like that no, like no, 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 I'm saying like in, in all the previous scenes, like TJ was just saying, you know, she has to literally skin them alive and let them bleed out. But with Richard, she was just trying to rip it from his mind with her mind. I think that's I think that's because he's wearing the collar. I think that's why he's able oh. she's able to like get it that direction. I don't know. Like Maybe. none of this really matters. It's like it's like weirdly complicated, <laughs> but also like dirt ass simple at the same time. Because at the end of the day, like Richard will solve everything. Like right, everything. Right. That's basically <laughs> it's all day. It all it'll all shake out. Like yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah, and like like yeah. I think Chris was saying, you know, he's always perfect and awesome all the time, and everything he's supposed to, everything he does that seems wrong is actually right. Like, you know, getting all the people, all the guards of the palace on his good side so that he can sneak around and then eventually break into the head provost, not head provost, uh, head prelate's office, and then break into the prophet's area. You know, it's all just exactly what he was supposed to do, according well, to prophecy. Him, she tells him, like, in the desert place, she basically is like... You're using your gift without realizing it. You're saying things and doing things and making promises, and then your Han is bringing these this into being with other actions that you're not even realizing. So I'm like, right. I'm sitting there like reading this, and I'm like, so he's a god? He's a god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, if you just will things into existence like that, then that's what that is, right? <laughs> like, I... Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he just has all this power. And, and like, TJ, you were just mentioning that they keep giving him more powers. Like, what else happens as the books go on? Um, well, like, this is a huge spoiler. Like, for literally the end of the book, uh, the end of the entire series, he does become, like, a god. Like, yeah. the boxes of Orden, you know, how one of them, if you open it, you get power over all things. He, ju- yeah. he just does it. He's like, yeah, this is the box. Remember how I know that? And he just opens it. And that's how, like, <laughs> they win the war at the end. Which, to be fair, is like... Well, that's the A-bomb option, and th- they took it, so, you know. Um, wait, wait, wait. They go back to the fucking boxes of Orden all yes. the way at the end of the series? Yes, like, in the last no. like, third of it, no. it's like, they're like, oh, remember these boxes? Like, like uh, Nikki, uh, Sister Nikki is the one, she's the sister, she's uh, the blonde hot one who's, like, all silent and haughty, uh, wears black yeah. dresses and shit. She's the big sister of the dark villain in later books. And, like, at a certain point, she's just like, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I grabbed the boxes from the place. 
but the, uh, so pr- as far as you know, powers <sighs> Richard sense, gets. But anyway, like he, you know, uh, so like you mentioned, the prophet that they keep like chained up. Uh, the reason Richard uh, does all you know the bribing of the guards is to like get into these restricted areas, including like the prelate. And he eventually goes to the prelate and basically tells Richard, like, "Oh, I've known you your whole life. Uh, I- I've been planning on bringing you here like forever. I met your father, etc. I-, I gave him the book that helped you kill Dark and Raw." And Richard's like, "Word." And yeah, so, yeah, like she, yeah, yeah, she, she's the head of the Sisters of the Light, and she's like, oh yeah, I orchestrated all this shit, aren't I a G? And he's like, yeah, you kind of are. All right, and then like that's kind of it. Um, and then also, I'm I'm Nathan Rawl, your great great grandfather, because people age here super slow. Oh, that's the that's the that's the prophet. We were talking about the prelate. Um, oh yeah, okay, yeah. Annalisa, that, the, the leader out, of the Sisters of the Light, and then Nathan. Spoiler, spoiler alert: Nathan is his great yeah, great grandfather. It doesn't really matter. Forever. So it's like it's revealed. But it, it has no. Yeah. Real, there's no reason for him to be that. There's like, who gives a shit if he's the grandfather? Yeah, it was it was so stupid. I and I sensed it coming. I was like, because you know when they describe him, he's like, like blonde. He looks like a Rawl. You know, he looks like his dad, like blonde and fair and and tall. And I was like, oh, he's totally a fucking Rawl. Like he's going to be related to Richard. And sure enough, he's his great 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 granddad. And because. Because time passes super oh, slow. Yeah. By the way, that's the thing that's happening here. All wizards are thousands of years old. Which, and Richard have been doesn't know yet. For decades, I don't know. He doesn't. So, like, uh, super. As far as like other superpowers, Richard like gets, but even has in this book. So on like his first or second night, um, when he gets there and tells everybody he's gonna kill everybody, and then Pasha tries to fuck him, and he's like, "No, thank you." Um, he <laughs> literally, it's like, "No, thank you." You're a very uh, lovely girl. But Verna no. gets busted down to a novice just because Richard has been such an asshole. Like, that's pretty much what happens. So Richard decides to go in these, like, cursed woods where they say, you never go there after dark. And he goes there, and he's, like, meditating. And then, like, this random, like, lizard creature attacks him. And, of course, he e- easily murders it. Like, yeah, oh, I just... And uh, then gets a magic cloak because he needs more power. Yeah, he gets more an invisibility cool cloak. He, hey, Harry Potter goes to fuck school. He gets his invisibility cloak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, he forces uh, the lady that knocked Verna down to novice to reinstate her as a sister. I don't know, just by being a huge fucking baby and being like, I'm going to sit in these woods until you make her a sister. Yeah, and they, like give in for some reason like there's no reason for them to give in i don't understand why that plan worked but it did um also uh gratch is still here let's all right let's remember but he becomes like a huge plot point because you know uh, richard does his training you know uh all the ladies want to fuck him etc but eventually like they find out that he's been palling around with gratch and they go to kill him and then richard harry and the hendersons gratch yeah, and just like, you gotta get out of here, Gratch. I don't care about you anymore. Get out of and here. And that's how he realizes yeah. Kalen still loves him. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. No shit. yeah. <laughs> like, what? He's like, he's like, oh shit. He literally has a passage where he's like, oh my god, I did this to Kalen. Whoa, <laughs> she still loves me. And it's, oh god, it's so bad. And that's when he, they, he finally finds out that um, time is uh, a bubble there. Like, people age extra slowly. Because we've been talking about that this whole time. But nobody knows, including Richard, that, like, time... It takes hundreds of years to train a wizard if you're a lady teacher. That's literally the rule. If, like, ladies can't teach men correctly because, (laughs) like, it's... So that's why it takes hundreds of years. And uh, that's about charter schools. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's... (laughs) We're getting all the political yeah. bases right here. Yeah, but. it's it's 
this crazy idea. So, um, so yeah, and, and it's it's hinted at at the beginning, towards the beginning of the book, because I remember thinking, because, uh, you know, like, there's a lot of stuff we're glossing over here for time, and also because, like we said, so much of the book doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, um, so and- many speeches, just so many speeches. There's a, there's a section where Kaylin goes to, like, the Imperial Order. This guy rambles and speechifies at her for, like, three pages, and then, like, the next chapter, she goes and, like, reiterates his rambling speechifying yep. for another three pages. Yeah. And, um, and, yeah, anyway, so the the thing that was, like, the time skip that was hinted at at the beginning was when you get this cutscene where Jedediah, another stupidly named character, uh, I just wanted to call why? him Jebediah, he was Jebediah Springfield the whole time, Jebediah Springfield, um, uh, a noble spirit and begins the smallest man. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> Jedediah, it, you know, there's a scene with him and the sister, who loves him and is betrayed by him. And then a few chapters later or before, no later, Vern is talking about how she has this guy she loved at one time called Jedediah. And I'm like, huh, that's weird because Vern is described as being, you know, probably 40 and Jedediah is clearly, you know, like 22 or something. I was like, Oh, that's weird. How old is this lady? And then I started thinking, Oh, there must be a time thing going on. And then later at the, you know, towards the end, it's revealed. And, and I, I would like to talk about just time throughout the entire book, the first two books, because, all right, so you got this weird time shit happening at the Palace of the Prophets, right? So how long do you think Richard was there? Like three months. Yeah. Like three months. So wouldn't that mean that like a year had passed? Or nine months had passed, or however... I it, it think it's about aging, not time. Time passes the same, but the people at the Prophets don't age. That's The, the whole thing is revealed because uh, Richard makes a friend who works down in the vaults, uh, where there's all this prophecy. And like Chris was saying how like prophecy is just a crapshoot at the end of the day, that idea is enforced so much by the fact that there are vaults and vaults of them. And there's this nerdy guy named Warren who's like the guy who knows all the stuff about the prophecies. But and uh, so uh, Richard basically tells this guy like, oh, you're so wise for someone so young. And he's like, oh, ha, ha, I'm 157. And then Richard's like, what? Well, yeah, but <laughs> oh, no, fuck. but no, nothing, nothing goes by normally outside. I mean, it's well, yeah, it does. So the days pass the same. It's just they don't age. So like that's why he knows he's 157 because 157 years have passed. He just only looks 30. Right, but everyone he knew in his life is dead. Oh, for sure, because they That's can't live saying. to 157. Right, right. Yeah. So, and the tension comes from like Richard realizing he's not going to get out of the fuck school anytime. Right, because he's going to be there for 300 years. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, okay, so you know he's been there for maybe three months. Like, if you parse out how much time each of these little parts took, I I don't believe it because at somewhere towards the end of the book, Kalen makes a remark saying, "Oh, they'd been on the road about." Like, all of this had happened in about four to six months, books one and two. And I was like, no fucking way. There's no fucking way books one and two happened in four to six months. It's not possible. It's not possible unless this is the smallest world ever. Unless these countries are, like, states and there's really they're really not that far apart. Like, I don't know. I think that is the case, uh, sort of, kind of, sort of, with uh, with the, the Midlands. And I only say that because the old world is depicted as being, like, 
a hundred times bigger. So I think the uh, the Midlands area is like kind of small, but yeah, the time makes no sense in these. But you have to like ignore it, like on the last season of Game of Thrones. You just have to like like yeah. let it wash over you. I'm sh- yeah, yeah. It- I'm sure. Sh- I guess they showed up whenever, man. I'm fine. Yeah, because people pop up at just the convenient times, and that's the only reason that they show up. Yeah, time just makes no sense. I mean, I'm looking at the map in the book and. It only shows a very, very small piece of the old world in the lower right corner of the map. And it's just, yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, unless this whole world is the size of fucking New England, like, there's no way all of that shit got accomplished in four to six months. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Anyway, back to fuck school, I guess, because the only thing that the rest of the book that happens is like, yeah, Nathan finds out about this whole time stuff. Richard. He, um... yeah, Rick, well, yeah, he Richard. finds out yeah. about the time stuff, and then that's when he's like, "I have, uh, I have to set my plan into motion." Like bribing all these guards this whole time has all been about like coming to fruition, being able to access the profit. And now he's finally like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll go do that now because I, I, I got to get out of here and go have sex with my lady." Yeah. yeah. So he he has a little talk with Nathan. Nathan talks about like, oh, I'm actually your great granddad, and you're the central point of all these prophecies. By the way, there was this recurring prophecy Richard kept seeing as he went through of like Kalan getting her head cut off, and the prophecy said something to the effect of like, this has to happen for the people to be happy, and he wants to prevent this very much. That's why he wanted to talk to the prophets for the world day. to not end. Pretty much, like it's yeah. the prophecy. Yeah. Like, yeah, the devil will take over the world if uh, she doesn't die. Yeah, the pro- the prophecy is that the one in white, the mother confessor, must be offered to her people, uh, for them, you know, to their to their cries of joy, so that the keeper, you know, and if that doesn't happen, the keeper will enter the world and take it over or something, and and yeah, he's like, no, Colin can't die, and everyone's like, yo, Richard, maybe think about the rest of the world instead of just you. Maybe every conversation maybe? like that, it's just like, yeah. yeah, think of everyone else in the world. He's like, no, but but her tits. Yeah. Yeah, like that's really what it comes down to for Richard is like, oh, that but <laughs> she looks so hot. Yeah. Because he hasn't even had sex with her yet, so he doesn't even really know. So like, it could be the worst puss in the world. There's bags and- of sand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who knows? And yeah, so he's trying to get the collar off is the whole thing to get out of here because the collar keeps him from going beyond, I don't know, like 10 miles from the palace or five miles from the palace or something. And um, eventually he gets, I don't know, the Sisters of the Dark decide to strike and Pasha tries to kill him but ends up killing another dude who just borrowed his coat. Uh, What other dumb shit happens at the end of the book? I don't know. Pasha gets like pushed off of a wall by the the guy that was Warren, the guy that liked all the prophecy stuff because he was super into her. By the way, a little side note: Terry Goodkind loved to tell you exactly where Pasha's tits were. Oh yeah, the times. tip position, tip position. Anytime Pasha is being described, he has to tell you exactly where her tits are. If they're in a nice dress, are they under her arms, which are folded? Like, are they are they heaving? Wounds? Are they spilling? Are they too yeah, big for yeah. her gown? Are they are sweaty? They with, yeah. Are they sweaty? Yeah. yeah like, well, yeah. the funny thing, the thing, like. Is like he pretty much is dating her, like in the way they describe it. Like they go on picnics, they go to the city. Like it's it's, it's like Richard is friend zoning Pasha. Like it's just yeah, so, the like, whole know, time gender reversal. It's like constantly described as like super hot, but he's like friend zoning her. Yeah, because well, like you know, like like we said, he's a good Catholic boy, and he only wants the woman he's betrothed to. So he's not gonna touch this, you know. 
Whore Maybe of give a me a hundred years. <laughs> she Ugh. tricks him into say she like tricks him into saying basically like how long do I have to wait? He's like a hundred years, and she's like smiles knowingly. Is like I can wait that yeah. long. I'm like okay, the foreshadowing yeah. part is over. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, the Pasha gets killed because she's like convinced Richard is ruining everything because he's such an asshole about everything. Uh, Richard has the collar off at this point, and he decides to try to go back through the No, border. collar isn't did, off yet. No, the collar isn't... Yeah, I was going to say. It's not so, off yet. Oh, okay, so someone fill me in, because I'm clearly well, fucking so, up the timeline here. So the Sisters of the Dark basically, like like you said, they strike. They strike the prelate. Like, they, right. they, they, they like, attack her, and it's like, oh, uh, some shit just went down. And then uh, Pasha confronts him. He's like, oh, it was you. It was you all along. He's like, no. And he, Richard's like, okay, I'm about to kill this bitch. But then at the last second, Warren just rushes in and sees her confronting Richard, pushes her off a fucking balcony. And it's like, Richard's like, no, bro, I could have killed her. You, like, had a huge crush on her. And it's 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 really ridiculous. Like, oh, the yeah, guy who has a crush really on her dumb. kills her just randomly. It's like, yeah, it's kind of kind of gross. Like... Yeah, it's it it's an, yeah exactly. Way. It's another thing that just did not need to happen that he just wrote in without explanation for no reason. Because again, we're at the end of the book where he jerked off the the other six hundred pages, so he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta fucking break write a book with like a plot and shit happening." <laughs> and this is that part where he's just writing things. So Richard is trying to get the collar off because again, he has to go get his lady and. Like, so he goes to, like, the prophet. He can't help. So he goes to, like, basically his BFF teacher. Like, to be clear, she was cute AF, and he would be totally down to bone. But also, she's also like, oh, she's just, like, friendly and fun. And No, so, he, he said that she was, like, a sister to him. Yeah, um, but it's also, and, like, she said that she is attractive because he can't just be friends with, like, a non-attractive woman. Yeah, no. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, God forbid. Richard doesn't understand. And yeah. obviously, so, like, the clue... That this woman, you know, the clue that lets you in on who she really is is her blue with violet flecked eyes that this uh. fucking Terry writes about throughout the entire book. I know. Uh, she, and she is the evil sister of the dark who is getting fucked by that barbed dick demon in the woods. <laughs> so, yeah, he falls for it. Um, she they, like, almost sword rips fight his... in the woods. Like, she tries to get his Radahan off. She's like, tells him, I'll do it. And that's when she's, like, trying to rip it out and giving him the test of pain. And she can't get it off. What she's, she says she's trying to get the collar off. She's actually trying to steal his gift. And yeah. so he's like, what the fuck, bro? She's like, I almost had it. And then they have a sword fight for no fucking yeah. reason. Yeah, then they have a sword fight. And he's like, oh, man, she was, like, the most powerful woman I ever saw. But, he, of course, he still overcomes it. Because when he fights with the Sword of Truth, he fights with the spirits and like knowledge of everyone before him because guys what is richard what type of wizard is he a war wizard, a war wizard. War. yeah the cool kind like, it's a super cool uh, guy super cool i guy. hate it so much i'm so, it's so upset. stupid it's worse than sisters of the dark somehow yeah yeah, the yeah. War. he's a war wizard oh jesus christ it's just really dorky all around and like honestly kind of not that creative in the end of anything like it, it, I didn't love that part it, it, either. And yeah, this is where they just give him all the powers towards the end. So yeah. the, in, like, a span of, like, not even five chapters. So he beats the sister of the dark lady. Uh, he finds out from Nathan that, like, he has subtractive magic. So that's why nobody can get his collar off. Because he has the, the kind that no one's had in 3,000 years. 3,000 <laughs> yeah. years. But he, yes. uh, he tries to <laughs> just roll out. Um how does he get the collar off? I can't remember now. I don't I remember either. I think he, I think he, 
Shit, does he... Doesn't it just, like, fall off or what? Does no. It, doesn't, like, someone remove it for him? I think him? he... Does he hit it with the Sword of Truth? Oh, no, he goes... That's right. The boundary doesn't matter if you have a sister with him. So, that, so he goes to the uh, the magical tower desert place. And uh, he uh, goes there with Verna. Uh, and then he goes up into the towers that we mentioned earlier with the lightning and shit. Uh, with the sorcerer's sand in them. And he literally just does super saiyan shit. He puts his sword in the air and like calls lightning and destroys these towers. So that he can uh, get back to the old world. And now this barrier is gone. And oh look, the, the, the tribe that uh, Duchailu belongs to, their land. They can have it now. So all, that's, that's cool also. Wait, so. is his collar gone at that point? I don't remember. His collar uh, breaks off after he super saiyans After he super saiyans. Okay, yeah. so. Super Saiyaning is how he gets the... I don't understand. Like, how did he know he could just go to the towers and do that? I I guess he knew he had additive and subtractive, but, like, I don't understand how he logically goes, like, all right, well, I'll just go in these towers and stick my sword up in the air and, like, scream a lot or whatever, and that'll be fine. I mean, it's not even, like, an analogy to to compare it to, like, Goku. It's literally just what he does. He he looks in the sky and yells and, like, beams of light just make a bunch of all the right shit happen. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically the summary of Dragon Ball, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying. I'm trying so, to figure out exactly how it happened because I don't remember. I'm looking through the book now, but I, just I don't read know. This you guys today. can today. Just... I read this today. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying I can't remember either. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I finished it like a week ago, and I'm like, uh. It really is like it just like falls off him because he finally like touched his Han the right way or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. He tickled the tip instead of just gripping the uh, shaft all the way too hard. So, but, the uh, like, going back to the thing you said at the very beginning, this is the time when he, at this point, threw a bunch of bullshit that doesn't matter. He knows that yep. Dark and Rawl, who is somehow back in the world again, he is at the People's Palace with the Boxes of Orden doing some sort of spell thing with that scrin bone that will let the Keeper out of the underworld. So Richard has a choice to make. He can either go save Kaylin or go save the entire world. And right. he, uh, he uses his other superpower, which is the, uh, the dragon tooth. And he calls that deus ex machina in the, stu- in the sky named Scarlet. Um, and he flies. Oh my God, the fucking dragon again. All right. It, well, sorry, I'll let you keep going. And then I'll, I'll say my piece about the stupid dragon. No, go ahead. Because it's literally just like me stating the plot events of the exact last book. So. Okay, so... So he rides the dragon to the People's Palace in Dahara, just like the last book. Um, and, you know, they're they're flying in and the dragon's, you know, taking some fire because the dragon is basically like a living airplane. You know, it's a living warplane. The dragon's taking some heat and, like, gets a hurt wing and it goes down or whatever, but everything's cool. It's still alive. She's just hurt. And he does his shit in the Garden of Light and then he, he like, comes back out and the dragon is like, oh, yeah. I just, I just had a baby. He's like, what? <laughs> like, she's like, yeah. I just look at my egg. I just, I just birthed this egg. Like, dude, why did you fly into battle if you were pregnant, you psychopath? It's... And then, and why did you mention that before to anyone? It was just like, it didn't make any sense. And then Richard's like, and you know, seeing the egg just reminded me how precious life really is. Single it's, tear rolls down cheek. Like, why did that happen? I don't don't get it. It was so pointless and dumb. The book just has its own episode in the middle of uh, I didn't know I was pregnant. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah it was just like what? But so while he's flying her down, though, uh, I, I caught this minor runner, which is actually just a dumb plot hole. Um, 
he's flying Scarlet down, and it's not just Dark and Raw alone. It's some sort of Sister of the Dark that's helping him with this spell. But uh, the Sister of the Dark, who's doing the spell oh, just down on Sister Odette. Ah, uh, she's on the ground, and she becomes the third uh, wizard or witch in the book to be killed by just a bow and arrow. Uh, Kalen <laughs> yep, yep. kills two wizards with just a bow and arrow, and Richard kills one from the back of a fucking dragon with just an arrow. And yep. I'm just like, how, like, how weak aren't they supposed to be? The strongest things. Yeah, it's it's very guess- weird how physically they're incredibly weak. They're, you know, it's it's like when you play, you know, like when I played Dark Souls, I was, you know, I played a sorcerer class, so a sorcerer pyromancer, and I was, you know, I was very physically vulnerable, even though magically I was very powerful. Um, I guess that's the only way I can describe it, but... Well, at the same time, wizards in this world have so many, like, spells they can put up as protection. Yeah, that's and, true. Like, yeah, because, like, like, like so- Zed, for example, doesn't Zed have, like layers of bodily protection it comes up in one of the chapters yeah in they have book. shields they're yeah, called shields does. the sisters yeah. of the light have them yeah. but for some reason like these fucking arrows can just go right in these motherfuckers <laughs> or yeah i guess they're just too arrogant they don't have their shields up or something i don't know <laughs> yeah there's really no good reason for it that's another yeah. thing it's like there's just no fucking good reason for it <sighs> so yeah yeah back to kind of like wrap this whole thing up like richard does it's literally the same sequence of events he goes back to the pe- Garden yep. of Life, where Dark and Raw is waiting for him. Dark and Raw wants him to do something, but at the last moment, Richard chooses the right thing to do and it gets rid of Dark and Raw the right he's a way. Good man. The wrong way. He's a good yeah, man, exactly. Chris. We need exactly. more good exactly. men. In oh, this and we, world. For, we forgot about the other subplot of how the prophecy about Colin being executed comes true, but not really because of a. I don't know, because Zed is a fucking G again and, like, does something to make Colin believe she's really dying and casts a death spell on her, which makes everyone else think she's really dead, but she's not really dead. And then Colin and Richard have fucking sky sex facilitated by Denna. That's, so, like, it's, like, so hilarious reading it back, the the actual (laughs) climax, because Richard locks away Dark and Raw in the underworld by being power of being a good man, trademark. And then, so... Uh, but then the chapter after that basically is uh, uh, Callan finally like finding Zed, and Zed doesn't have his memory because of magic aids. And, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, the cure for magic so aids. But but somehow. But then three pages three pages later, it's yeah, fine because again. She shocks him back because... into like knowledge by saying the Sisters of the Light have Richard, and he basically like beats the fuck out of her for a couple minutes, and that, <laughs> yeah. that's how he convinces her to make that spell work. But the funniest fucking thing in the world was to me like so richard solves everything and then he uh is you know he tries to run to iden drill right to like see if she actually died and at this point she's already had like the death spell put on her but he gets there and just murders everyone like he literally murders yeah, all the counselors yeah. all the guards he just like he can use magic now somehow he's just blowing holes through doors and at the very like end of the book uh it's it shows like kaylin's with zed it was all a hoax all along sure so but then the the end of the book is they both go pray really hard. They both go pray really hard and then they At, get in a to garden. Get laid. Yeah, like, they pray in gar- in separate gardens real hard and then Denna is like, "Hey, I'm here to facilitate your cloud sky sex. Get on board the cloud sky sex train." And then they both do it, and it, they go 
it's more like astral plane sex. If Cla- like we're being, you know like, what, cloud sky sex is funnier. So I went with cloud sky sex. <laughs> sure, got to agree. Yeah, with like Paris. it's just like agree. yeah, like they like it's literally just that. Like they pray really hard, and they I guess they pray so hard they come or yeah, something. Yeah, so like I don't know what so like here's is. here's my question. So they're like so they never still at this point in the book. They never physically have sex, but I guess they do because obviously that coupling produces the, the you know, um, confessor, the male confessor. I am assuming not in the that... astral world. The astral world, no nope. one can get pregnant. It's like a pool. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll spoil this again because actually I, I asked that same question to TJ like a couple of weeks ago. Paris, and turns out never a male confessor ever. What? What? There's nope. so much nope. setup in the books. What? Are no. you serious? Yeah, no male confessor. Yeah. What? No, ever. What? No, ever, I don't never. believe you. I don't ne- believe you. I'm gonna read all all sixteen of these. Oh, you, you got you got <laughs> a lot of wrong. real bad books coming your way. Oh God. There's Are one you book that doesn't even serious? have Richard and Kaylin to get. Oh well, I know that they're out of uh, out of like time sequence. They're not in chronological order, so that makes sense. Um, all right, so yeah, that's basically how this book wraps up. Is in the end, Richard's just such a cool, good guy that he just. Through the power of being such a cool, good guy, gets out of all situations fine. That's his. That's his power. Yeah, yeah. he's a god. He's uh, a god. Yeah, and um, and they get to get yeah, laid at every- the end. Like that's the thing was so funny to me. I was like, I forgot they get to get get to have sex because like he does yeah. kind of. He just it just oh congratulations you just murdered all these people. Uh, but uh, you know, cloud sky sex also. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's just so strange. And then it ends with. They eventually meet up, and Grotch, Gretch comes back, and he's like, oh, Gretch, you want to meet the lady? And he's like, yeah, and they go and, I don't know, hug and meet Colin. <sighs> the, the end. end. Stone of Tears. By Terry Goodkind. Oh, yeah, we way, didn't even did talk, talk about the Stone of Tears. <laughs> did we talk about the Stone that's of Tears? How no. he, that's that's how he uses his good guy powers at the end, uh, right? So Dark and he Rall gets it from is Rachel. in, like, the people's palace trying to summon the devil and basically he's like you should put the stone of tears on me because i like made your girlfriend die and stuff she totally just put the stone of tears on me and lock me away and richard like puts it on himself instead and like oh you solved the riddle again in the exact same room yeah. again yeah and like the dark and raw is like not really being that like fucking obtuse about it he's really like no you should do this thing so of course richard's probably gonna be like wait i probably shouldn't do that thing right, right. like and um yeah the, the stone of tears was on rachel the whole time because zed put it on a necklace and gave it to rachel because he was like this is the safest place i can put this right now and uh and then you know they meet up with rachel at the end and richard takes it and then he goes and uses it like they just described and that was the whole point of the stone of tears to Danana. So, yeah, like, the whole – the plot of the book was basically just in that last little bit where, oh, he took the Stone of Tears, he got back to Dark and Rawl, and also along the way he learned to use his Han, but turns out, by the way, he didn't really have to go learn it with the sisters to begin with because Zed could have taught him that. They say that yeah, in the it book. Yeah, like, ah, it was Zed just could. a ruse by the prelate because she needed him to come there to do all this shit to disrupt the Sisters of the Dark and fulfill a prophecy, so she lied to Verna and the other sisters that went on the journey to get Richard – and told them that he did not have a wizard to teach them because that's the whole reason they were bringing boys to the the Palace of the Prophets is because they didn't have wizards to teach them to use the gift. And turns out, Richard was right. He didn't need to go there, but I guess he did to fulfill a prophecy. I don't know. It doesn't really make any goddamn sense. No. Well, uh, like, Zed had put a spell on the world for, like, the previous 
however many years before he came into where Richard lives. But like that spell had like long since been lifted by the time like this book. So I would think that like, I don't know, he lifts the spell at basically the, the end of the first book. So shouldn't the sister have been like, oh shit, we should probably go back home. There's like a, there's like a wizard here. Like we're, we're we, yeah. Right guys. Yeah. And that, that's what I was saying. Like, did, how did they not know about Zed who is literally first wizard of the Midlands? He is like the most powerful and most famous wizard of the Midlands, and he's the, the wizard wind of to death. The, yeah, to the yeah, mother people confessor. people recognize him. So it's like people recognize right. So him. and and like if also if you take into consideration how long it takes for a wizard to fucking train, like hasn't he been around for a really long time? And he's super famous. So yeah, I, I, I it does not make any sense that they would not know. They even have they have literal text messaging in this world, like. The sisters have this magic book where they can write to each other and receive write and receive messages, and yet somehow they know nothing of the new world. Like I just ah, it kills me. Plot holes aplenty. Uh, just a random detail I just had like written in 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 my notes. Um, we're we're in that section of the podcast anyway, so just get it all. Yeah. Out. yeah. So I just wanted to mention like my favorite thing from Wizard's first role um, is uh, like the scene where the. The, the pedophile has to eat his own dick. I just Yeah, that's a pretty satisfying all around. Wait, where did that like, happen? Uh, uh, when she goes into the Kondar, that's how she beats like the quad with Dem and oh, Nass. And she just yeah, feeds him his yeah. own dick. And it just like, that's, that's right. what made me recommend the first one. This one was less horny than I remembered, for sure. <laughs> uh, but it's like, there was one scene where, right before they do the ancestor meeting, where to show a bad omen... An owl flies into Richard's head. Oh, yeah, and it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like slapstick comedy, and I was like, this is supposed to be a bad omen? Like, yeah. it was so ridiculous. It was like throwing a pie in his face. Like, it's so <laughs> stupid. Wow, this owl flies into his head. Oh, no, like, it's the worst omen. Uh, not like that night, too. Like, he literally just said the bad thing he was planning on doing thwack. Like, it was... Yeah, it was... <laughs> yeah. Also, this is, like, a frequent enough occurrence where it's, like, a cultural thing for the mud people. We're like, oh, shit, the owl flew into your head again. Oh, man. Yeah. Don't, don't go outside this week. I, I can't go out tonight. An owl flew into my head Yeah, yeah. I got, a, I got another, another owl in. to the head, man. Sorry, I can't come into work. Uh, owl to the head. To the only other news. random note that I have is just... Um, like, if you ever read any more of these books, like, I, I didn't keep a tally like I should have, but count the numbers of times Richard purposely cuts his forearms. Oh, like, Before okay, going into battle, he just, he, he drew the blade across his skin. I'm like, no, you're cutting yourself. Yeah, he does that a lot, I it, noticed. He did it at least once or twice in this book, and he did it in the first book, too. Not at least, like, five or six. Like, I, I oh, lost God. count. It's like, yeah, it's like, how many scars does he have all over his arm? Like, Kaylin needs to be like, are you a cutter? Yeah. Yeah, well. It's just a real tough guy I was going to say, yeah, you have to, you have to be super tough, so you have it, to cut yourself. It has to weaken you, though. I don't care how tough you are. If you have an open wound on your <laughs> uh, yeah. arm before you're even fighting yet. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. No, it's the power of the seeker, you see. I am the bringer of death. I am the edgelord to end all. Uh, he's, the, he's the fucking yeah, lord of everything, and he becomes a literal god. What can you expect? Yeah. He can even kill the invisible vampire reptiles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah get like, an invisibility cloak. They're like the sort of the villain in the next book, where like the, the next Merswiths. book... The Merswiths. Uh, has like it's a basically about a serial killer and people think it's just Miss with <laughs> but it's actually is. it's actually both <laughs> oh, oh no great. that's cool. dumb oh uh, dumb 
So it thus ends another chapter in the saga of Special Richard with his special dick. Yeah, yeah. To, to end up, that's basically. I mean, that that's really his true superpower, right? Is like he can fuck Colin. That's like the really the yeah. end all superpower. I mean, and, and Terry Goodkind must have some serious sexual issues or urges that are just unaddressed. I mean, I don't know how you can write books like this and not. <laughs> Hey, don't kink shame, man. People are into what they're into. And in his case, it's a whole lot of sexual aggression, well, the, let's say. The later books are, it's like, cause he gets like kind of like old man, like old Fox News grandpa syndrome. Oh, as no. He gets older. Because like I said, the Imperial Order, which is mildly introduced in this book, is like they're the big bad of the rest of the series. Uh, because they, you know, they're they have control of the old world and uh, then they try to invade the new world as they already have, obviously. But so, and they're basically like, it's really hard to describe, but imagine if communist Russia was really also religious. Like it's right. like, okay. it makes no sense. Cause it's like straight up communism, but also everyone is super God fearing and hates the devil really hard. Okay. It's like, and then Richard will go on for five, six, seven pages railing against socialism in these later books, like at their worst. He'll like be at a town and be like giving them a speech how to like, you need to reject socialism. It's insane. That's it's like, really weird. He gets less horny and more like, uh, goddamn Obama. <laughs> like, wait, no, no, we've come full circle. Now he's just turned into his brother who was railing against fire in the first book and how terrible oh, fire yeah. was. <laughs> full fire. circle. The uh. big political issue in the, in the Westlands <laughs> at the start of the whole series was, man, fuck fire, right? If Doesn't weirdest, it burn you? <laughs> the weirdest part of that is like he starts doing that like in like 1999. It's like you should be like really loving these Bush years. Why are you like railing against communism? You know when the USSR fell, right, dude? It's fine. Yeah, no, I mean... Gotta get those political points out there. You gotta tell the, the youth of America what yeah, I mean, fantasy. I mean, Larry, Larry yeah, Korea exactly. and Monster Hunter International can't do it all, you know? <laughs> yeah, correct. All right, does anyone have anything else to say? Because we're going long yeah, this on this is a, one. Yeah, this is sure. a two-hour Terrible Book Club episode. It's a lengthy book, and it's worth it. So, yeah. now, uh, do we have any final... <laughs> Yeah, it's wait, so, that's true. That's true. I think I'm just going to play the game where I open the book to a random page and read a paragraph. Sure, let's do it. <laughs> Which one do you have? I don't know. Let me see. I'm going to close my eyes. Just wherever the, the coin may lie on this final couple of minutes here. Uh, I got to go towards the end. Go towards the end of the book. Let's like hopefully land on a fox. I just want to apologize again for you guys reading this book because of me. <laughs> because I read it and it's just so like poorly written and so repetitive and so little of the plot actually mattered. I was really disappointed like compared <laughs> to like the first book which is at least a book. At this point, we've become somewhat professional at enduring. So yeah, but like I was like, oh well, clearly, like Wizards' first rule isn't as poorly written as some of the things I've uh, seen you, that you guys have covered. And then I read this, yeah. and I'm like this is every bit. Oh yeah, th this one fit the fit the bill for sure. I kind of enjoyed Wizards' first rule. This one was painful. Yeah, this is bad. All right, you want me to go towards the end? Yeah, just, you know, hopefully something in that last couple of pages. Hopefully we get a Posh's Tits update. <laughs> uh, in no, we got a Richard and Nathan chapter, unfortunately. Oh, wait, this is good because I forgot about right, this. Yeah, come hang on, on, hang on. Hit us, okay, hit us, so, just clo clo wrap it up right. for us, Paris. <clears throat> 
Richard took a pear from a bowl on the table, polished it on his pant leg, and took a bite. He spoke as he chewed. You're going to die right here, in these rooms of old age without ever seeing the outside world again. The creases in Nathan's face deepened as his expression sagged. Seems you are a prophet, my boy. Unless you help me. Maybe if you help me, I'll be able to come back here and help you get out too. And what is it you want? I want this collar off. A sly grin spread on Nathan's face. Seems we share a common interest, Richard. But the sisters say I will die without it. The sly grin widened. They demand truthfulness from others, but rarely inconvenience themselves with it. The sisters have their own agenda, Richard. There is more than one path through the woods. The sisters say I must learn to use my hod in order to get it off. They don't seem to be helping much in that. It would be easier to teach a stump to sing than for a mere sister to teach you to use your hod. You have subtractive magic. They can't help you. Can you help me, Nathan? Perhaps. Nathan sat down in his chair, leaning forward intently. Tell me, Richard, have you ever read The Adventures of Bonnie Day? Read it? It's my favorite book. I read it until my eyes nearly wore the words off the page. I'd love to meet the person who wrote it and tell him how much I like the book. A broad, childlike grin stole onto Nathan's face. You just have, my boy. You just have. Richard came forward <laughs> from the back of the couch. Oh, you yeah, so you cute. wrote the adventures of Bonnie Day? <laughs> oh. That's a perfect example of just like how shit just like works out for like a weird uh. like for some drama a little bit like who cares that he's the one that wrote that shit you could have made the point with that like why <laughs> it, so supposedly this children's book that was given to richard as a child was written by his great 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 magical prophet grandfather as a primer for young wizards a secret primer and it's stupid because richard talks all the time about how he he draws from this book that he read as a kid and how important it was to him. It's just, yeah, just another stupid fucking thing in this book. <laughs> yeah, this, this book series just, it shouldn't be called the Sword of Truth series. It should be called Another Stupid Fucking Thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah sure, sure. So yeah, the legend, of, legend the story of Bonnie Day or the adventures of Bonnie Day. Yeah, it's the... All right. Um, so that's one was a long one. Thank you, TJ, for joining us on this one. Hopefully everything, like all the files transfer over to me and I can cut this up together, get this uploaded sometime soon. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a lengthy uh, uploading session from both. Yeah. Of uh, thanks, TJ, for introducing us to this terrible series and for being here with us. For the yes, it, it, was, it was super fun. Like, I, I'm glad that someone else finally knows the insane things about these books. Um, <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter went to fuck it's school. It's nice to... Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a nice t- thing to be able to show someone like a dark nerdy corner that you've had for a oh, while. Oh, I almost forgot the most important part. Oh, uh, all right. I was introduced to these books in middle school by my mother. <laughs> all right. Wow. All right. Great. Are you sure she a sister of light? Because that's... I, I, oh, I, I I've never seen her with a quillion. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> With that, uh, I think that'll be it for for us. All right, thanks everybody. Right, uh, thanks for joining us on this episode of Terrible Book Club for yet another fantasy romp. Uh, I'll see you next time, Paris. Yeah, bye, Chris and TJ.